I see those big, bright, shiny red trucks just a trucking down the road. Those big, bright, shiny red trucks just a looking for another load. Well, it's a family tradition, any Rocky Mountain day. Our fathers before us showed us the way. We work for asphalt cowboys and concrete kings. But that's never been a problem, cause we got diesel in our veins. We've got diesel in our veins. I see those big, bright, shiny red trucks just a trucking down the road. Those big, bright, shiny red trucks just looking for another load. There's a couple million tons to move I see them everywhere So you best get out their way And watch that sand and gravel disappear There's another run to make We gotta get it there on time And we got what it takes To lay it all out on the line Big bright shiny red trucks just a trucking down the road. Those big bright shiny red trucks just looking for another load. Those big bright shiny red trucks got the best drivers in town. They got all the tools they need to keep that hammer down. When they hit them scales, they won't need to dodge them, won't need to duck them. They just keep that hammer down And they keep that diesel trucking Keep that hammer down And keep that diesel trucking I see those big bright shiny red trucks Just a trucking down the road Those big bright shiny red trucks Just a looking for another Keep them doors closed, keep them butts in their seats Cause those customers are calling, and those red trucks can't be beat They've gotta put the hammer down, and pick up another load Get it off the ground, keep them eyes open and on the road Keep them eyes open on the road Big bright shiny red trucks just a trucking down the road. Those big bright shiny red trucks just looking for another load. Breaker, breaker, two, three. Anybody got a copy on that channel 23 podcast? Welcome and thanks for listening. What's up, JFW family? Welcome back to the channel 23 podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to reach out and touch a fleet. To engage and inform everyone with all things JFW. Happy podcast day, guys. Morning, everybody. Good, Good morning. morning. Jim's out this week, so we got Brother Dave, Gutter Boy Dave Weldon, and Scooby-Doo. That would be Super Dave to you there. Buddy. Phil Slack, Phil Slack, a.k.a. Scooby, is in the house. Thank you, Jim. Yep. Scooby, as you know, we like to kick this podcast off with the Pledge of Allegiance. Yes, sir. All right, here we go. Pledge, I pledge allegiance, allegiance to the flag of the United States, States of America, America 
and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. All right. Got a lot of comments on uh, truck prayer last week, so we're going to do it again this week. Father God, we thank you for the opportunity to go out and do some trucking today. We pray for the safety of our fleet, all their families, and all the other families and individuals we come across on the road today. We pray for patience and the making of good, safe decisions. We pray to be accident-free and that we all make it back to the comfort of our homes this evening. We pray for healing and 100% recovery for all of our family members that are ill, and we pray that we find Amber's mom. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. As a reminder, anything you hear on today's podcast is not JFW's opinions. It's just Super Dave, Brother Dave, Scooby, and my opinion. Perfect. Great. Because our opinions count. That's right. We're making our opinions great again. Episode 74, a.k.a. the Chili Dog episode, had 651 downloads. Not bad. I see uh, we are just trending over 600 every week now, so I like that. We are at 29,984 total downloads, and we have 184 followers. This week, the Chili Dog Podcast picked up the Dominican Republic, Chile, and Romania. That wow, guy, wow. That guy's world, worldwide. I, I understand yeah. Chile following him, though. <coughs> Chili, Chili Dog, yeah. yeah. Right? It makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And uh, Oswaldo was out in the Dominican Republic, so oh, there's, oh, there's those listens, right? right. <laughs> Who did we have in Romania? Uh, maybe Serge. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, on the on episode seventy four on Chili Dogs last week, getting six hundred fifty one downloads. Did we break eight hundred with eight hundred and four downloads for Alfries? Wow, yeah, that's so cool. So cool. And I did put in a little something in here about Fry okay. later in the, yeah, right, later in the cool. outline. But yeah, yeah, he is uh, the number one all time listen podcast. Wow, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's great. All right, it's time for the dad joke challenge. Scooby, you are fresh blood. <laughs> so we're going to let you go first. Make it good. Well, you guys know I've been working out and, you know, no. trying to lose some weight and all that. So <laughs> I joined the gym. I don't know if you knew that. What? So I but joined the gym. Scoob, what happened to no pain, no pain? Well, you know, I had to. And so <laughs> anyway, I joined the gym and got a trainer. And the trainer's been telling me, you know, I said, he says, why are you here, Scooby? And I said, well, you know. I was hoping maybe I could get in shape, maybe find a date somewhere. He said, maybe you ought to try the ATM machine outside. (laughs) (laughs) I'll have to re-listen to that to understand it. I think that was Trump-related. Oh, gotcha. Uh, Trump joke. That's the way I take it. Cool. Well, I don't know whether everybody knows, but I I moonlight as as a bus driver. On the side, when I'm not working here, I moonlight as a bus driver. I knew that. Safest bus driver in Colorado. I I was being polite, and I gave up my seat on the bus for a child yesterday. Yeah, so I lost my job as the bus driver today. Ah, (laughs) gotcha. Man, Super Dave, you want to help these guys out? (laughs) Well, you know, this is the dad joke challenge, so this is a dad joke. Why do bees have sticky hair? Uh, anything to do with the buzz cut? No. Uh, <coughs> what is it? Uh, I don't know. It's because they use honeycombs. Oh! Hey, that's good. Bada boom. boom. That's a dad joke if I ever heard one. <laughs> Did you guys hear about the man who created the knock-knock jokes? 
Nope. He won the Nobel Prize? Nobel oh, uh, Prize. <laughs> the Nobel. Oh, man, these were the four roughest dad <laughs> jokes of the day. Man. All right, we better move on to some better things like celebrations, anniversaries. Fred Powell's hitting two years tomorrow. Ah, very cool. Awesome. Yeah. Congratulations, Freddie. Yep, it's been a good two years, Fred. You have been an asset to JFW. Buddy. Thanks for all things, Freddie. Yeah, buddy. Yep. Yeah, thanks, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. Birthdays. Dustin Romero Jr. had a birthday on the second. Wow. Happy birthday, Happy Dustin. Birthday. Yeah. How old? 19. 19. Wow. God, he looks 35. Seems like just yesterday I was registering him to vote. Yeah. <laughs> right. Here's a little fun strong, fact. He, but I just have to bring that up, that, that he's, a, he's a strong American. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's, yeah he kudos to him. Yeah, know, for right? Turning 18 a year ago and, yeah. and going right out and registering yep. to vote yeah. so you can vote. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm proud of him. Thanks for coming. ways. I mean, <clears throat> Uh, Mikey said he's really getting into doing overheads and stuff on the trucks yeah. now, so good yeah. for him. Thanks yep. for filling out his ballot, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I think when you walk in the red shop over there, you, he knows which side to vote down. Right. <laughs> little fun fact about Dustin Romero Jr. We call him Little Dustin, but he's big, and hopefully he doesn't beat me up for this. But uh, <laughs> when he was growing up, he wanted to be a beatboxer. Oh, really? Yeah, so he used to have this YouTube channel with some beatbox videos. One may or may not have been on a toilet, <laughs> but he says he took it down. The page doesn't exist, and I'm trying to get Big Dustin to find that video. <laughs> oh, that's not something you share with everybody. I just shared it with Romania. <laughs> must have been his re- recording studio, huh? Don't body slam me, Dustin Jr., <laughs> little Dustin. Uh, family birthday celebrations. Nicole Walls has a birthday today. Happy birthday, Nicole. And that is Vic Ochoa's significant other. Happy birthday, Nicole. Happy birthday. Oh, uh, yeah. Shout outs. Fred Powell. He wanted to give a shout out to Gilly for taking third place in the obstacle course and having a perfect score on the written test. That's the, the only step. one. The yeah. only perfect score. The only perfect score. Gilly, you are the smartest competitor we had. Fred Powell also want to give a huge thank you for the anniversary card I received. He said, thanks, everybody, for the opportunity. Very cool. JR, we're rolling back to Dustin Jr. JR wants to give a shout-out to D- Dustin Jr. for being the only non-driver to compete. The truck rodeo was open to everybody, wash bay, mechanics, Office gals, everybody. True. Dustin Jr. was the only non-driver, so good job, Dustin. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for coming in. Yep. Kendrick, he wants to give out a shout. He wants to give a shout out to George for the coloring book he put out for the kids for the rodeo. It was really impressive, and uh, he also wants to give a shout out to the family members and kids that assisted with the rodeo in different capacities. Man, that coloring book is a hit. It's awesome. Yeah, right. I brought one home to Bella. She loved it. But <clears throat> what a great job. George is a excellent, phenomenal artist. artist. He yeah. really is. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I brought a couple home last night, Jam, so I could send. We have some nieces and nephews on, on my wife's side nice. that I got to send a couple to. I may or may not have my own net eye coloring. <laughs> <laughs> so. Stay within but, the lines. I mean, that's a thing, adult coloring books now. Oh, yeah. 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 Kendrick, he also wants to give a shout-out to Chris Beam for getting the trucks primed a few Sundays ago and getting them running. 
And then uh, I want to give a shout out to Bree for giving her very best. Bree's kind of um, a newer driver around here, but she gives 100% every day and uh, she's not scared to speak up if she sees something wrong. And, you know, she. She gives she gives it all. So nice job, Bree. Absolutely, thank yeah, you, Bree. Good job, Bree. Yeah, she's very impressive. All right, well, let's talk about the truck rodeo. We did have the, the first annual JFW truck rodeo on Saturday, April first, and it was a hit. <clears throat> it it went off without any problems, and it it really went well. So, what do you think, guys? What do you think about the rodeo? It was just absolutely amazing. I mean, everybody, I kind of wanted to save it for my, my thoughts, but okay. I mean, since we're hearing shout outs, that's anyone that had anything to do with that rodeo as far as the setup, the preparation, the staging, the creation, those people knocked it out of the park. You know what I mean? Jim and I showed up, we were, we were nothing more than spectators and you couldn't have asked for a better event. You know what I mean? As far as I felt, I had never participated in the the one at the state for the CMCA. I I thought it was amazing. I, I, I don't know what could be changed to have made it better. And I know I've heard a lot of comments from the people that set it up, right? Mm-hmm. That, oh, we need to change this. Oh, we need to do that for next year. Oh, we need to do this. You know, I, I, I've urged each of them when they've said that, you guys need to have a meeting this week. To write those things yes. down while they're fresh in your mind and set Sooner it up so you're than, prepared for next later, year. For sure. I haven't heard any scuttlebutt of a meeting yet, but I've I've heard it like four times and I've told four different people, you need to have a meeting this week right. and and knock that stuff out yep. and yep. be prepared. Well, it's fresh It'll set you up mind. for success next year. Scooby, you uh you played a role in that. I mean you weren't on the committee and you weren't a volunteer, but you did put some good hard work into getting I that. did. I enjoyed yeah. it a lot. I that think everybody enjoyed it you know i think the biggest kick i got was the kids just playing out there you know Uh, in the dirt and just having a good time right yeah next year we'll definitely have to have a load of sand there yeah Yeah. kids to play in yeah yeah i think the kids was one of my favorite parts right they were just having a ball chili dog shama was there gilly had two of his kids there um eric burnham eric burnham yeah Yeah. veronica and alonzo's kids were there like yeah lots of kids jr's kids were there i mean um dustin courier brought his kids there was just a lot of kids yeah it was awesome we need we definitely need to plan that's one of the things that may be able to be planned better next year's we set the kids up where they're not at the gate yeah where vehicles are coming in and out because i know that was for me that was pretty stressful every time a truck would come in and out or you know we had a few people that drove in and out of there several times when I was, you know, trying to capitalize on, hey, we don't need to be coming in and out of here. Yeah, I really didn't enjoy staging the trucks by the kids. Right. That was like, you know, but I didn't yeah. want to be get off my grass. Right. You know? Yeah. So, but Eric Burnham had a pretty close eye on those kids. He so. did. He did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good yeah. stuff. Did did a great job. You guys want to go over the results? Yeah. Okay. Soup, you wanna wanna take the results? Uh, <clears throat> do you have the results? I do. Those are not the results. Which part do you want to go over? You printed them out for me. The yep. written score? Yeah, let's go over You know, first, second, and third place in each um, department and then the overall. So here, I could help you guys out. <laughs> For the written test, Gilly took first place with a perfect score of 25. Yeah, 25 possible <clears throat> questions. Yep. Ryan Emmerling got 24. 
And then Coleman O'Mara, 23. So those are your first, second, and third place winners for the It's really good for a new guy. Yeah. I mean, Coleman, new guy or not, he's just uh, he's throwing himself out. He's engaged. He is engaged. He's already bleeding red. Well, that's what call blood is anyway, but you know what I mean. (laughs) He's already got a big radio in his truck. (laughs) Yes, really? He sure does. Come on. Got it. (laughs) Come on. Uh, The pre-trip score, Vince Meekins got first place in that with a 95. Out of how many? Was that that 100? Because that was something we didn't put in here is what... I, would I just knew the written score was worth 25, but what was the pre-trip and the obstacle course maximums? I don't know. I don't know either. Yep. Hmm. He got a 95. <clears throat> Alan Chili Dog Martinez, a.k.a. Aladdin, got an 85 in second place. And then Ryan Emerling, third place with an 80. So yeah. nice job there, guys. Now for the obstacle course. Ron Bugler got a 245 for the obstacle course, first place. Anthony Harper got a 225, and then Gilly Rodriguez got a 200. Pretty cool. Gilly plays top three in two, two divisions there. Yeah, he did yeah, for sure. I, I was really <clears throat> impressed with his driving skills. And then the overall score, our champion was Anthony Harper with a 302. Ron Bugler with a 301, almost tied by one point. And then Gilly Rodriguez, third place overall so great job everybody yeah good yeah. job you guys <clears throat> absolutely is there uh anybody in that obstacle course that backed into the bin in one shot i think your brother <laughs> <laughs> did you do it as well dave no, no no it took me i had i used my one free pull up yep gotcha yeah but brother jim as far as i know he was the only person that backed in there one shot no pull-ups yeah Right? That son of a gun. Yeah, that's a guy that hasn't <laughs> driven a trucker backed up for four or five years. years. Right? right? Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't drive every day. No. Yeah. That, was, well, that was impressive. He's yep. the only guy that landed on the plate, too. Yeah. Did yeah. he? Yeah. Really? He was right on the plate. He's the only person. He missed it by maybe an eighth of an inch of covering the whole plate. Wow. Yeah. It was impressive. He is a cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I loved his comment when he said, I asked him about it. He goes, you know, I just love trucks. He goes, and he goes, I enjoy doing things like that. Uh-huh. He goes, and to get out there and do it, I could just see the spark in his eye that he was like, God, I just, you know, I, I want to go out and do this. And so he did it. It was just, it was impressive. It really was to watch him, the way he was maneuvering the truck around and doing everything. Uh-huh. Yeah, he and I talk about it all the time. And I, I hope I don't throw you under the bus here, Brother Jim, but for, for us, and, you know, these are Jim's words, but uh, driving is easy for him right right everything else we have to do in this business to keep it running and keep it afloat is difficult right. it's work the average person has no idea what it takes to to make this business move every day and you know jim and i didn't go to college we don't have these course credits we don't have engineering degrees we don't have business credits we don't have any of that we've had to learn and are continuing to learn every day right and I'm not so sure all of that would really help you any more than what you need. You you have what you need. That's grit. That's determination. That's focus. All of those things that we talk about every week, you guys have that in spades. Sure, but how much better would we be if we had those other things, Dave? How much further? And I, I'm just making the point that 
in Jim's world, driving is easy. Right. The rest of this stuff is hard for him. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like to comment on what you said. So just like <clears throat> you could put two people in the same situation, you know, maybe they had abusive alcohol, alcoholic parents. One of those kids may turn around and become super successful and the other one won't. Right. Right. So two other boys could have grew up in this business and not did what you and Jim did. Sure. You know what sure. I mean? Whether you had college degrees or driving's easy yeah. or, you know, there's what a lot of what is, but at the right. end of the day, you guys rocked it out, crushed it, and here we are. Sure. You know what sure. I mean? So. <clears throat> kind of like how people react to a situation. You can have two people standing there and you always make fun of me, Jam. What is it? What do they have that's in their brain that's big? I call it oh. a medigula, but it's not. Amygdala? Right. <laughs> amygdala? Amygdala. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One of those things. Yeah, one of those words. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you're talking about somebody with a bigger amygdala is more of a natural hero. They're just very instinctive to go run and help. Well, there's no processing the thought of what's happening. Uh-huh. They're a reactor. Got so it. two people can be standing there, and they've they've went back and proven this scientifically that people with a larger medigula in their brain, a medigula, what is it? Amygdala, maybe? Amygdala. It's amygdala. I think so. I think so, too. That's your word. Somebody will look it up. Chris Chris Beam, straighten us out on what that's called. Go for it, Google. Anyway, that's a a spot in your brain. Uh, Not a spot, but a uh, a component of of your brain, right? Part of your brain. And, you know, two people can be standing there and there's a car accident right in front of them as they're standing there on the sidewalk. And the one person just stands there thinking about what happened, that a person is trapped inside, and the other person just instinctively is willing to put their life in peril and jump in and get that person out of the car. Yeah. And it's it's a reaction. So it is a amygdala. Amygdala. It starts yeah. with the letter A. A. And it's a roughly almond-shaped mass of gray matter inside each cerebral hemisphere involved with the experiencing of emotions. So there's one in each hemisphere? So we have two? That's what it says. Interesting. That is weird. I didn't know there was two. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Because usually your right side handles a certain set of, you know, things or reactions or whatever, and your left side, you know... They say like artists think with the right side. Yes, more artsy people are left brain. Yeah. Right? Whatever. Correct. But yeah. 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 So it's odd you have it in both sides. Yeah. Yeah. That is yeah, interesting. This is, this is pretty interesting. Ah, I just know throughout my life I've been in a handful of those situations. You got a big amygdala. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> my wife, it's got to be like the size of an orange. <laughs> I mean, this woman, she's she's a reactor, man. The amygdala she, represents a core fear system in the human body, which is involved in expression of conditioned fear. So, yeah, yeah, it's like they're fearless, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they have fear, but it's it's their reaction to it, right? right? It's the way that they process. Yeah, it's different. Yeah, yeah, the average person would just stand there and witness what happened, where these people they jump in. Right, well, and it's it's without thought. We've experienced that with Veronica when she jumped yep. out of the truck and yeah, ran after that car that got hit. Right, she yeah. got big amygdala. Yep. yep. All right, let's go over uh, the top three missed questions on the truck rodeo multiple choice test. The number one missed question was question number six. Five of twenty-two contestants got this right. The question is, a CDL Class A classification signifies that you are licensed to A, operate a combination vehicle with a GVWR of 26,001 and a towing 
a unit that weighs more than 10,000 pounds. B, operate a combination vehicle with a GVWR of 10,000 pounds or more for commercial purposes. C, operate a combination vehicle with a GVW of 26,001 pounds or more. Or D, operate a combination vehicle with a GVW of 10,000 pounds or more. So the question and the answer to a CDL Class A classification signifies that you are licensed to operate a combination vehicle with a GVWR of 26,001 and towing a unit that weighs more than 10,000 pounds. So that's the correct answer. Yeah, you really just have to read that question and <clears throat> stop and think about that. A Class A means you're towing something. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Is, right. is the way I interpret that. Got it. It's got to be a combination vehicle, I guess. Right. So maybe they could have confused. Well, they're well, all combo vehicles. Well, you can have a Class B license and do the exact same thing, except for the trailer is less than 10000 Right. Wow. So you could haul a trailer with a Class B as long as the trailer is less than 10000 Correct. Right. Wow. Okay. Cool. I have some questions on that because every mixer driver that has a booster has to have a Class A. Hmm. And I know that booster isn't over 10,000 pounds, but... Um, I bet it might be when he puts a certain amount of pressure on the ground. I bet it might be more than 10,000 pounds because that, yeah. that mixer weighs 56, right? Yeah, and those, Gross. <clears throat> those tag axles have adjustments on it. Right. So if you were hauling, if you're hauling three yards, you don't put it down. If you're hauling 10, you go like max pressure. Right. So that could potentially, but... I'm just thinking back to my mixer days. I had a Class A, so I don't recall whether you need I know there's you, license you plates. I mean, I know for a fact. There's yeah. two yeah. license plates. There's one on the truck yeah. and one on the tag, which yeah. is oh, weird. Wow. It's such a scam. <laughs> such a scam. Question number 13. 13 and 22 contestants got this one right. Question is, here at JFW, we have 102 trucks numbered 001 through 00104. How many and which number trucks are not used in our fleet? I'll just give you the answer. The answer is three trucks are not used in a fleet, and that's 0013, because that number is bad luck, 0022 <laughs> and 0023. 0022 and 0023 were a um, transfer. Tran- and pup. Transfer yeah. And pup. yeah, it was a yeah transfer. Technically, it was one unit right. labeled both. Yep, so we just never got back to that. I think just because it would cause problems in parking. Exactly. We, we just have, have to go through and redo the whole parking lot over signs here. Over, yeah. yeah so. Yep. Got it. When we get moved, we'll acquire 22 and 23. Nice. Or 20, yeah, 22 yeah. and 23. I know. Ray Ray. Ray Ray keeps asking for a truck 13. <laughs> he hey, 13's a lucky number for people that are born on that day. Yeah. yeah. Well, I always thought it was funny. We never would have a truck 13, but we had a trailer 13. <laughs> <laughs> right. That we tipped over? No, we never tipped it over. It was the rock trailer, the Fruhoff rock trailer. That was T13? No. Yeah. I pulled that trailer for quite a while. Yeah, we tipped it over before we gave it to you. I Cap- know. Captain, I got it Cap- right after Captain Ron tipped Captain it over. Captain Ron tipped it over as T13. <laughs> that was T13? Yeah. Uh, that's funny. And you know there's not a 13th floor on most buildings. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. There's yeah. a reason for that, right? I wonder why kids don't turn from 12 to 14. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Question number three, 15 of 22 contestants got this one right. As part of our vehicle inspection, our vehicles are equipped with air brakes in combination with the trailer. 
make sure that the blank are locked in place and the airlines are blank along with any other connection lines. The answer is glad hands and off the catwalk. You want to <clears throat> make sure that the glad hands are locked in place and lines are off the catwalk is the answer. So Absolutely. Cool. And you then, know, I got to, sorry to interrupt, Jim, but I got to jump back on that. B, lines resting on a mud flap on the catwalk. So many drivers do that. And they think it's okay because the lines are not on the actual rough uh, catwalk. And so they put the right. mud flap down. It's not okay. You can't have those airlines rubbing or touching anything. Or, or really, for that matter, the big hydraulic line. That should be in the air. Everything should be suspended and away from that. They're like cheese graters, the deck plate. that just messes up everything there yeah so it's a shortcut they, I, they think oh i'll just throw the mud flap down and it'll yeah it's still rubbing it's right still rubbing. and when you go through a dot inspection when the inspectors lift those hoses up if they see any white which mm -hmm. is the casing under the coloring you're it's it's out, out of, of service. service yeah yeah exactly jam i got one for you because do any of you guys know why 13 is unlucky no I, and the reason I say it's for you is, I mean, I know your <laughs> biblical background, but unless this is incorrect, this is what just instantly came up. This is a fear that dates back to the biblical times as Judas, Jesus, betrayer, was the 13th. Disciple? No, was the 13th to sit at the table of the Last Supper. Right. Gotcha. Huh. That's kind of crazy. And then it just says here later on, superstitious builders thought that om omitting the 13th floor would increase uh, or would eliminate any issues. They just Bad mojo. Yeah, huh. bad mojo, right? Huh. Yeah. The number just has negative connotations because of its biblical beginning. Huh. Yeah, Judas, Judas wasn't a good person. <laughs> yeah. 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 I kind of misread it the way I... I so Judas was Jesus's betrayer, and yeah. he was the thirteenth to sit at the table of the Last Supper. Yeah, basically, he told uh, the Romans or whoever where Jesus was, and they went and got him. Wow! Yeah, wow! Yeah. Is it I never knew that. Isn't it was because your dad didn't like it because he used to race, and thirteen was a bad. Yeah, you never had thirteen, and you never had green. Right, as yeah. far as numbers or cars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's why this isn't the Channel 13 podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think a CB had a Channel 13. Right? <laughs> it does. Hey, so there is a correction on the pre-trip. Uh, we did say Alan Martinez got second place, but first place was Vince Meekin. Second place was Alan Chili Dog Martinez. Third place was a tie between Ryan Emmeling and Alonzo Areola, so... Good job, Alonzo. Oh, yeah. yeah. Good job. And they looked over Chili Dog's score by accident on Saturday. So there you have it. So uh, Jim did <clears throat> shoot me an email early in the week, and uh, he had some notes about the truck rodeo. He compared the truck rodeo to a job site with new challenges that we have to face and overcome. So you got somewhere you've never seen it, you've never done it, you get to walk it, and then you got to do it. So I thought that was a pretty good point. Absolutely. And then uh, some of the scuttlebutt at the rodeo, because we had all Peterbilts there, <clears throat> just because everything was over to uh, yard 23, and somebody had mentioned that the Peets don't turn as sharp as a Kenworth. Do you guys think that made a difference in the rodeo? It definitely was an issue for Brother Jim. 
Yeah. Guy who hasn't driven in two years. Right. (laughs) Has he ever driven a Kenworth? I I don't think he has any skill in any truck. (laughs) I won't go that far. I've seen him him drive. I've been around him a long time. Checked with him a long time. Yeah, I just have to go. I mean, I, I feel... You know, everybody says they get used to their truck or whatever, and I, I guess I could see the turning issue, right, if there is one. But, I mean, I don't know. If you want to be a true competitor, you need to spend a little bit of time and educate yourself, right? It's just like you firearms. Sh- you should be able to pick up any gun and shoot it. Right, nah. right. Yeah, I, I agree, Jim. Yeah, nah. it's, you're a competitor. You need to be out there competing. If, if, if you didn't pass something, was it the truck's fault or your fault? My fault. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yep, I did the course. I was the last person. No, somebody went after me. You went, and then I went. I did terrible. I mean, I I felt like I did terrible too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I mean, Kendrick had to move a bunch of cones out of the way, and yeah, I, I never did get my score. But that's nobody. I, I can't blame anybody. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you know, maybe I should have took it more serious, or maybe I should have watched a little bit more. The one thing I will say about the different trucks, just from staging them all. And this is something that I just <clears throat> haven't done in a long time. But your mirrors, your side mirrors, they need to be adjusted the same. You need to have yes. the same. You need to have the same look on the right side of your trailer as the left side. Because if you got one that's off, and you're seeing more or less of the trailer than the other one, that just screws you up. Right. And up. It's like you right. Look, you you know you look straight, then you look crooked. You look straight, then you look crooked. It's like you got to have those mirrors the same. And some of the, some of the guys. You know, we're adjusting their mirrors down and in so they could see the cones going through the diminishing alley, I think. So it was just interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, but when you're on the state level, I don't, you know, they just give you a truck. You you get the next truck that's in line. So I, I guess I don't understand what is, you know, why get in another truck. You should be able to do it in any truck, you know, getting used to it. You know, Freightliner, Kenworth, Pete. Yeah. Agreed. Next thing on the discussion, this one is near and dear to my heart. And I, I'm going to sound like an ass talking about it, but I want to talk about time management. You know, Saturday we had the truck rodeo, and a couple things happened. One, we had two brand new guys sitting over at Plant 12 killing the clock. And what I mean by killing the clock, they dumped their last load, they went to the hangout area, and sat there for 20 or 25 minutes until it was too late to go get another load right two brand new guys who taught them that right like where do they already know to do that it's the first busy saturday we've had of the year and we got guys already slacking yeah you know it's your saturday to work work you know and then if you're going to come in and complain about not making money we know why right yeah go ahead jim i'm sorry no No, no, that's cool no i just man it, it just it goes through me right and i We've come up with every way in the world to incentivize people, right? Right. So the brand new guy that starts here, day one, when he works Saturday, if he was here and fulfilled his duties Monday through Friday, he's at 41% on Saturday. Wow. So he's over there sitting on the clock. To me, we almost ought to take a company-wide vote. If if you're sitting over there killing time on a, on a Saturday, you should lose your bump. I vote for You know that what I mean? Right if you're not willing to go make more money, by God, you're not willing to make what you're what we're paying you for. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. You know, we got guys that want to work Saturdays. Why 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 are we running these guys, you know? They were all at the rodeo. Right. Competing. But but you know, I, <laughs> I feel that it's a like Dave said, it's just it's 
it's terrible that you take advantage when you ha- you're making almost 50% of what that truck makes. Right? It's, it's crazy. A, it's a slap in the face. And I could say this because we, everyone in this room has been a driver. We've all gotten to go get that last load. Yeah, We've absolutely. all had to do it. We've done it. And it stinks sometimes where, you know, you're like, oh, I'm empty. It's it's 3.15. You know, if I wait 10 minutes to 3.25, I won't be able to make it or fry. But you go. And then you see everybody else going in around you, getting called in. You have a late night. You don't get out of here till six. You don't get to see your family till seven. Then you do it again the next day. But you know what? It doesn't go unnoticed. We pay attention to who's actually working and who's not. The guys that were sitting killing time at Plant Twelve, it's no big secret. We know who it was and we know who did it. And now we got to now we now we got to babysit these guys to make sure they're working. Yeah, Linda right? was looking for people to get extra loads. Yeah. There was loads out there that she missed that day. Yeah. Then then we have a seasoned vet, somebody that has respect in the fleet. He's pulling into your R twenty three at the rodeo, right? We all have radios, and he pulls through the gate calling empty a plant two. You're not empty a plant two. You brought it in without calling it. Right. I mean that's just BS. It's it's a big slap in the face. I don't like it one bit. Not a good look for that driver either. And you know, to me, it's just when you do something like that, that's telling me that you think you're better than the other people in the fleet. And we got a lot of night pours going on here coming up, and they've done some already. And we we need those loads there, right? We gotta have the loads there. It's just those things are crucial, you know, for that for them to make that concrete. So we gotta get it out there, guys. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's part of the deal. We give you a truck to drive every day. We expect you to use it to its full potential. If you came in to work on a Saturday or any day and we said, oh, we don't we don't have your truck or we're not going to use you, you'd be upset. So You know, here's the thing. When everything gets canceled at 11 o'clock because it's snowing and then the drivers come in and they're like, wow, you know, this is going to be a crappy week's paycheck because we've had two days that were cut short because of snow and whatnot. And then you have a day where you're earning 41% and you can actually go get one more load. One more load is only maybe two hours of your whole entire life. Right. But it'll make up the difference. It'll make, it's like this job is pretty subjective. You know, we have to shut down when the plants shut down. But when we have the opportunity to make some hay while that sun is shining, we need to do it. Yeah. The busy season. And it's not that much time. Right. Really isn't. You're right, Super Dave. Yeah, and you, you, I don't know about you guys, but I plan to work that time. Right. Right? I mean, if, if I need to be off, JR brought it up at our trainers meeting this morning. You know, if I need to be at one of Sam's swim meets at 6 p.m., I make arrangements that tell everyone I have right. to be off by 4. Right. Right? I'll be in the yard at 4. Right. If it's my Saturday and I have to be off by noon... I make everyone aware of that, right? I mean, yep. you you fell out the request. You know it ahead of time. You've you've scheduled it. You know, I'm not just. Otherwise, I plan on working. To me, the pits are open till noon minimum. You need to plan on working till two Saturday. Yeah, that's exactly. just that's just yeah. a no brainer in my eyes. You yes. know what I mean? Sneaking back at eleven thirty and cutting it. Yeah, yeah. The busy season it, it exposes character. You know what I mean? We get busy. We need we we need to count on people. We figure out real quick who's teammates and who's not. Yeah. I'll get off my soapbox. I love you all. You look good up there, Jim. You look good up there. <laughs> the thing is, we've done it. I mean, uh, it's easy to speak on something like this because we've done it. We've done Absolutely. it. Absolutely. We put our shopping carts away. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? All right. Let's talk about tire blowouts. Brother Dave, you're kind of the tire expert. Why don't you take this one? <laughs> oh, man. P. 
page two. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm not seeing my numbers. <laughs> I blended everything together here. So, uh, well, I don't need a pager to talk about. We were talking about how how do we determine a cause? Ryan Emerling actually had a blowout, and he wanted to know what the cause is. Sure, and, yeah. Was there yeah. something? Ryan brought up a good question to Brother right. Jim. Hey, is there some way I can see this? How can I prevent this? You know, how do I know if this is my fault or not, right? Right. And, and <clears throat> we can take almost any casing, what's left of the tire, and see where it came apart or what caused it. Uh-huh. Uh, very rarely, unless there's just absolutely nothing left of the tire, can we tell. Nine times out of ten in that case, it was ran low. And the tire has disintegrated because of it. Uh, yeah, I, in because Ryan's of the heat. Yes, right? yes, exactly, Dave. Yeah. Sorry, thank you for pointing that out. So, uh, you know, in Ryan's case on Sunday, he had a tire blowout. Jim was able to look at it just because of our experience, and it it came apart right at a repair. And it was, I believe, a fairly new tire. It wasn't brand new by any means, but you know, still had fifty percent tread on it, and. Uh, you could see where the repair was, and then it let go right next to it. So there was still some damage because of that repair uh, is is what the issue was, point. right? So, yeah, I, I mean, that's an easy way to tell. We even have a book. Mikey has a book in his office that goes through, and it shows picture after picture after picture after picture of tires and, you know, how they're wearing, what a cause may be. You know, here's one that's damaged. When both Jim and I got to go back to the Michelin Tire Factory in North Carolina, they just have a room with, I kid you not, you guys, there's probably 300 tires and there's probably 20 people like us throughout the U.S. that get to go to that tour. And I don't know how often they do them, but he just grabs a tire and rolls it up, gives it to you, grabs another tire, rolls it up, gives it to the next person. And everybody has a different tire in there, right? Because they've taken tires from customers like us and they have them in there. And you have 10 minutes to figure out, hey, what happened to this tire? What's wrong with it? What's wrong with the tire? You can see a nail in it. You can see, you know, a flat spot in it. You can see where it's hit a curb and damaged the sidewalls or, you know, where it's been punctured in the sidewall from a piece of rebar or concrete or debris in the road or, you know, it hit a curb going too fast or there's so many different things, you know, and it's just interesting when you look at that, how many different issues you can have with a tire. And a lot of people have never done the math, but I mean, we're running over a thousand tires in the fleet. Right. So it, it's it's, it's critical to what we do. I mean, you know, we give you a tire hammer. We expect you to bump the tires at the end of the day and at the beginning of your pre-trip and post-trip. Mm. It's just something that's crucial to what we do, you know, and it, it, it just, it sets you up for success. And a lot of people don't understand. They're like, oh, I don't have time to do that post-trip. I got to get home to make dinner for the family or whatever. And it's like, dude, what? What you're losing out here that takes you five minutes to walk around and look at your lights and tires and brakes, you're giving up tomorrow because it's going to cost you two hours because you lost a tire and you're out in brush or something like that. So it's just critical to do your job. Set yourself up for success. Do that post-trip inspection. You know, look for any anomalies. That was one of the things in the at the rodeo there. You know, the guys that set up the inspection process I don't know who all played what part, but I know Rick Gray was the one who gave me the lowdown, and he showed that they took a balloon and inflated a balloon between a set of duels, you know, and I don't know if anybody caught that when they were doing their truck inspection. Oh, wow. So yeah. there, there was a balloon right there between stuck between a set of duels, like a, like a big rock between two tires, right? Oh. I don't know if anybody ever caught that. They also took one tire on each truck and lowered them to less than 80 pounds. 
and <clears throat> it was kind of funny because Rick's like, do I need to test you, Dave, and see whether you can find it? And I'm like, I'm pretty sure I can find it. And it was funny because Casey and I were the ones who aired the tires back up. And everybody else was gone, right? We didn't really know which tire it was. Well, Casey hit him with a hammer, and I was able to just bump him with my fist and tell, you know, if you just hit him with the, the ball of your right. fist... You, you can, can hear, hear that tire. You can hear that air difference. Right. You know, would I want to do it when it's 10 degrees outside and do all of them? No, I'd use my hammer. But in that instance, I'm like, oh, it's warm out. I can just tell. And I would have kicked them with my Crocs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the the other thing was the uh, took the air inflation line off of the trailer, you know, and they had to try to find that. Yeah. You know, didn't uh-huh. do that. And then the other one was they put some oil in in the hub, so in, in the tire, you yeah. know, on the rim. and. Maybe I don't know how like, many people didn't catch that. Just thought maybe it was water or something sitting in there. Huh. Yeah, all three trucks had the fuel cap off. Fuel cap off. Oh, but, wow. Yeah, just on there crooked. It was on there, but, huh. you know, crooked. Cross-threaded a little we bit. Un- they undid uh, several of the electric lines. Right. And I, I, I don't think, I don't, well, I shouldn't say anyone. I, I don't know who all caught that, right? right? So, yeah, some interesting stuff. The seven-way, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it was just laying on the deck plate. <laughs> So there were some aha moments in there, Dave, if you were looking. And I, you may not be familiar with this, Dave, because I'd never been through the process. Anything that is out is marked with a piece of electrical tape. So they put a, a, a piece of tape on it. So while you're doing, because part of, the, part of that process, you don't get in the truck and turn on the lights. Otherwise, we'd have you know 30 people going through that truck, turning the lights on and off, and it would probably kill the trucks, right? So what they do in those... Uh, situations like that when they have the rodeos they put a piece of tape so like if you have a bullseye in your window in your windshield they actually put an x over the bullseye in the windshield so you're supposed to get in the truck you see that x in the window and you're like okay you have to check off that that the windshield is bad you know they had a piece of tape over a marker light on the back of the trailer so you write up that light is out they had a piece of tape over the headlight on one headlight and had i not been told that i wouldn't have known that I, you know, I'm kind of one of the, I would have went up and pulled the tape off or asked, why is right. the tape on here? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I didn't know. But now that I've been through the process, it's like, oh, okay, that's how, that's what that designates or what that means. Cool. Yeah. Speaking of pre-trips, here's another note about the pre-trip light test. I guess uh, on the radio the other day, somebody somebody's lights weren't working, and he said, "Well, he hit the <laughs> he hit the pre-trip check light, right. the, the the check thing to check all the lights, and it didn't tell him that he had a light that was out. But that light is just to cycle your lights. You still got to get out of the truck, walk around the truck, and it's going to cycle through all those lights. So, you know, you get out, you could check, you know, walk to the to the rear of your truck." And you could see which lights are going on and off, the reverse lights, your, your trailer lights, your brake lights, all the lights. But it's a cycle. And you actually still have to get out and walk around your truck and check all that out. Yeah, there's only one way to do a pre-trip or post-trip. You have to physically go do it. Right. Right? Yeah. There is no truck smart enough in the world that says, hey, I have a left rear tail light out. Uh, maybe not yet, <laughs> but you got to check. Yeah, I mean you're right. You're absolutely right. You gotta you gotta look. There's cars that tell you your headlights out, right? Or so your tail lights the out. The technology or, could be there, yeah, but yeah, yeah, you on these trucks you got to get out and look. Yeah, your cars it should be evident enough when you turn on a turn signal they blink fast. That right. should be an indicator. Right. right. Yeah. A lot of people don't do this. I, I it sounds stupid, but every time I get a tank full of gas or fuel, 
I do a walk around on my car to be sure my of course you every, do everything works. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people on cars they don't realize this, but your turn signal light on a lot of like on cars with a yellow and a red light, it's evident that the turn signal is separate of the brake light. But like my pickup, you can't tell the difference by looking at the lens uh. that the tail light and the brake light are separate, but they are. Huh. So you kind of have to figure out a way to test your brake lights. You can't just turn on your four ways like the. Like the big truck on the back of the tractors, the turn signal and the brake light's the same. Right. The trailer, it's separate, but you can test those separately. Your car, you either need to have somebody check it or whatever, because think so, about how many cars their third brake light doesn't work. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't be able to, well, you probably could be able to tell, but if you just hit your brakes, like if you're parked in front of your garage, yeah. just back up to your garage, yeah. hit your brakes, look in your mirror. It, it won't show the third brake light jam, but right. yeah, no, you're, yeah. that's a good way to do it, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. When you're backing up, if you happen to have a rear rear view camera in the dark, you can mm. tell if one side's yep. dim and the other side's not. I don't do that, but that's <laughs> that's the way you could do it. I happen but. to have a snow brush that fits, that pushes the brake light, oh, no light down, <laughs> and it goes against the bottom of the wheel. It just by that's coincidence. That's what I do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, one yeah. of those extendable snow yeah. brushes. You right. Can yeah. Wedge yeah, I was, in there. I was coming in the yard the other morning in my in my personal truck, and uh, Jim's like, "Oh, one of your." I forget what he called. One of your driving lights are out. I'm like, really? I haven't noticed any lights out. But then I'm like, I'm the guy that doesn't really check my lights, so maybe I do. Yeah. So I'm turning switches on and I'm turning them off. I'm like, all my lights are working. And just the technology, like when I make a turn in the truck, it turns the driving light on that side so you can see better. And then when your steering wheel gets to a certain point, it turns it back off. But yeah. I was so proud to come in and j- tell Jim, like, all my lights are working, babe. <laughs> that's, a, that's a technology that's come up in the last probably five years, I think, Jim. Because mm-hmm. it really freaks me out when you have the daytime running lights on on a car. Uh-huh. And as they're coming up, like to turn into our parking lot, just like that example that you're talking about. Right. The daytime running light goes off and the blinker comes on. Uh-huh. But the other daytime running light is on. So, on. so you look at it and you're like, what? This doesn't seem normal, but they're trying to emphasize that turn signal is right. what they're trying to do. Right. They want to really emphasize that turn signal. I remember in 2009, I got a Caddy CTS, and I'm not, it's really nothing to brag about, but that car had the lights that turn. Yeah. As you're turning, you're making a left, and the lights are turning left. It was kind of cool, yeah. but I like when you started that car up, the lights would cycle. It would be like turn yes. left and right, kind of like kit. Yeah, you know I mean? and up and down, right? I don't think they went up and huh. down on my. Yeah, yeah, Janet's Kia out here that I have today. It's, <laughs> I mean, for a 2015, I mean, it's pretty old technology. Obviously, I get the Cadillac. That's really a ways back, right? But yeah, hers, it starts up, it goes left, right, up, down, and really? then centered. Yeah. Huh. That car yeah. does everything. Every it, time you tell me about that car, I'm like, it's amazing, Jim. I guess <laughs> that's, that's so true. We're having such a tough time not wanting to get rid of it. Right. You know what I mean? I'm like, it's a Kia, and it does what? It has this, it has that. Yeah, it's crazy. So. Do, I mean, do you need to get rid of it? Is it getting high mileage? Are you looking to get rid of it? Uh, yeah, uh, we just, I bought her a different car oh, well, because she go. has, she's training for a Ironman uh, and she needs to carry her bicycle. So uh, the bike doesn't fit in the trunk. It's a it. big trunk. If you disassemble the bike, it can. But it'll fit in the back seat. Shaq fits in the back seat. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently Shaq can bend and that bike can't. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That's funny. And I don't know about you guys, but it's white leather inside that car. Right. I really don't want to shove a bike with those pedals right. against the seat every time in and out. I, I yeah. was being a wise ass. Yeah. But, huh. <clears throat> All right. Let's see here. Next on the list, Mikey. We just talked about this, but we got to talk about it again. 
Guys, we need and girls, we need to write up holes in our liners. We have two trucks, two trailers on the list right now. Just so you know, to change out a liner on one trailer, we're looking at 20 man hours. So we got two. So there's a whole week of repairs on two liners where if we wrote up the holes, it would be already an fixed. An hour. An hour. So two easy tops. to fix a tiny hole. Yep. You know, it. it you know, it's so easy to generalize, right, to the negative, to the mm-hmm. bad side. But it it worries me that we have people not inside their trailer sweeping them out. Mm-hmm that can't see the hole right you know when it's that small or that tiny right you know and they're they're just not paying attention to things and the next thing you know they've got a apple sized hole and some rockets under it and then in a day it's ruined right you know? yeah the material gets underneath of it and it just where's where's that hole bigger yeah. and bigger and bigger and you know we always always when i was here the first time it was crucial to keep your liner clean you know because you didn't you, you didn't want your liner messed up because then you couldn't go haul the good sand and do those different things because yeah. the material gets underneath there so you know guys would lift the trailer up get a pry bar or something and pry that material out from underneath that trailer we, or yeah. we get the hose out and clean it out you know yeah. i mean everybody had a lot of pride in their liner because we knew we weren't going to get one for a while we didn't have a whole right. lot of money then yeah. <laughs> yeah, you screwed your liner up. You were screwed. Yep. yep. Super Dave, how long did you make the liner on? Was it 009? Didn't how long? Um, did- it was. Yeah, I, I was driving 009, but it was my. Um, was it the ATM trailer, Dave? The ATM. I yeah. think I got like five, five and a half years, six years out That's of that. Crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. That's great. Yeah, Super Dave taught me how to take care of a liner. He's like, at the end of every day, you put that trail in there. You get in between that tailgate and the, and the trailer, you get a broom handle, and you shake everything out of there. Yeah. Yep. You know, it's kind of one if, of the things. If you like, don't do it that often, the rocks or sand will go farther forward, yep. and you'll yes. never get them out. Yes. Right. Yeah. So you, you know, have to do it often. I liked what Chili Dog said on last week's podcast because I enjoyed it. I got to listen to that instead of participate in it. And uh, you have to have respect for that equipment. Right. That's just the bottom line. That equipment is another person, and the more you take care of it, the more it'll take care of you. Yeah. You know, it's a that's almost a relationship. You're you're probably with it more than any other family member you'll be around. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. <clears throat> so uh, we had mentioned earlier the Albert Fry podcast had uh, the most listens, but on that podcast we talked about they were trying to have a they they had a hearing coming up where they were trying to get another 200 acres permitted. Uh, to, to be able to mine. And uh, we're pleased to announce that there was a unanimous approval for the Wallstrom Spur Amendment. They worked on that for three years, and it was a six-hour hearing, but they were victorious. So wow. Congratulations. 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 Yeah, absolutely. Al Fry and company. Yep. And to all the Endum companies out here and all their families and just the right. domino effect that that has in this industry is amazing. That's what people don't understand, and that's kind of what we try and talk about, Jam, is we are all so connected, right? Because Al, Al and his family, or, or the Fry company, they didn't get this permit because they're a shitty operation up there, <laughs> right. right? I mean, if they were, there, they wouldn't have, right? Exactly, Dave. That's my point. And that's the reason we stress to be professional when we go in and out of there, when we go down the canyon, when we go up the canyon, when we go over the top, stop at the stop sign at the bottom. There's pe- There's always people watching, right? You know what I mean? That One of those commissioners could come down there and sit there <clears throat> for hours, and watch trucks go in and out of there, right? Right. Well, we want to be known as the best trucking company that goes in and out of there. We want to be the ones, you know, we wrote a support letter to support Al's 
operation and and how he's cutting edge and you know how fast they can load and using the bin system how there's less dust they use less fuel you know good for the environment all of that stuff i mean it it was a win-win and it it is a win-win for them to get permitted you know for it'll be beyond our lifetime that they have permitting for now and it's just so great to see but i people need to understand how we're all connected yeah and we all need to do our job, and we all need to do our job better, right? Yep. We're we're the next link in the chain. If we break our link, it doesn't go on down. It doesn't. Right. That chain stops right there with you, right? Yep. You know. You know what I'm happy to see too that the people in the um, decision process. I don't know if it was county commissioners or who it was. They realize the need for gravel products. Right. Huh. That our city isn't going to grow, or our state isn't going to grow without them. Right. The fry. And, f- Go ahead, David. Well, if we don't approve this amendment, think about the costs involved. We're going to have to haul this stuff from Wyoming or something, right? Right. Right. They they mentioned in their letter, and it was the Clear Creek and Gilpin County, Adams County commissioners, right? So you had Clear Creek County and you had Gilpin County that I don't know exactly. I I believe, I hope I'm not screwing this up, that it was the Clear Creek County commissioners that approved it. Mm -hmm. But I know Gilpin County is obviously... That's where Blackhawk and everything is. So huh. they're they're an adjoining. They had if they were something negative, there was something for them to say oh, about wow. it, right? But uh, in that process, you're exactly right, Dave. They 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 were all involved in that, and they understand that. But when you sit back and think about it, you have Morrison Quarry, mm-hmm. you have Fry Quarry, and you have Spec, Spec Ag, Ag, and you have the newly added one in Fair Play for Brandon. Yep. Right? That's the only four locations that crushed rock are sent to for Colorado. Or they pull it from Wyoming. Right? right. Granite Canyon. Right. Do we yeah. want to support our own community? You know, uh-huh. and that was one of the things that Al drove home. But, God, what they've done for the bighorn sheep population up there. Right. How they've done their mitigation work on the areas they've already mined. You know, how they keep the, the entrance and the traffic flowing. And, you know, what they've done for their community up there. they the Fry family is always giving, you know, either in some participation fashion or just sheer donation or whatever to the school district, to Idaho Springs, to everything up there in Clear Creek County. I mean, it's right. it's amazing how they're involved. And I just don't think that's the average person realizes that. I believe it was to their advantage because it's such a smaller community up there that it was easier for them to garner that approval versus down here, you know, in this local environment that... You know, I, I hate to get political, and I'm not going to, but yes, you are. there's there's <laughs> such a mass of people that don't like industry, right? Right? That and and they're the ones that are forcing our government to say, hey, industry is bad. Hey, it's dirty. Hey, we don't like trucks. Hey, they have so much emissions. Hey, they're bad for our ozone. Hey, they're you know what I mean? And it's it's becoming the I don't want it in my backyard, but I like to be able to flush my toilet. I like to be able to have running water. I like to drive on the roads and walk on the sidewalks, but yeah, I like, we don't want to see industry. I like to live in my brand new apartment building downtown. Well, yeah. guess what that apartment building is made out of? Right. Concrete. Right. Guess what? Guess what's in concrete? Sand and gravel. Mm, right. Right? Where does that come from? How cool it is. I mean, I remember jokingly having like, I called it a stoner moment because <laughs> I was like, <clears throat> I was picking up rock at, at Fry and I was bringing it down here to do something. I'm like, man, how cool is it? Like we're we're taking pieces of this mountain and building Denver. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, it's just, it's really cool. When you see that brand new federally, federally funded 
concrete highway like when they're doing like the t-rex project that was all concrete right that wasn't asphalt that's all concrete and that all came from the right. mountain you know what yep. i mean so absolutely it just it yeah. just blows my mind you know that denver is being built from these mountains yeah 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 but this opened up a lot for them because that's the harder rock is what al was saying that it's a, it's a right. much harder rock that uh approved what? for cdot now and right. everything else so right. it really helped them out a lot of you know getting this extra piece of property to be able to mine that rock i mean yeah. good for them i mean they've really really stepped up to the plate about doing different things now up there and and making it happen and yep. that's awesome agreed we had a trainer trainers meeting this meet this morning um a couple things that we just wanted to mention is to train and lead by example so if you are a trainer or you're thinking about becoming a trainer or you want to know what it takes to be a trainer, you're a leader. You are a direct representative of our culture, and it's important to actually go through and perform all the things you want people to do as a driver, as a trainer during training. And uh, if you are a trainee and you are signing off on things, make sure you're being taught these things. Don't just sign it saying, oh, right. we went over it. You know, yeah. Ray Ray brought up this morning that he was up in the chain-up area, and guys weren't throwing chains the right way. They were doing them backwards. Or, But if we went back and looked at the guy's paperwork and he signed off, he knows how to throw chains. You know, you're, you're signing off on training. You're, yeah. you're, you're saying you know how to do something you don't know how to do. So I would make sure you know how to do these things. Yeah, I want to jump in there, Jam, Absolutely. and give a shout-out to Ray Ray. Yeah. You know, I kind of didn't think about him in our, in our shout-out area there, but... Shout out to you, Ray Ray. I mean, yeah. man, you've been throwing in tips and tricks for weeks now in the podcast that we've been using. You're a trainer, and you've just taken these meetings on like no one else ever has. Yep. You know, I mean, I got a text yesterday that was like, oh, we're having a trainer's meeting today. You know, Super Dave, you were the same way. And I'm like, he left me off the text. I was pissed. <laughs> oh. I was like, wait a minute. Who, who I, is the first <laughs> trainer, the guy that started all this stuff? Well, I look, at it, I look at it this way, Dave. He's helping you out because we don't have time anymore to do this. Well, I agree. And he's picking yes. up the pieces and putting them together. Yep. So we, we shout need out, help from everywhere, Dave. Absolutely. Shout out to you, Ray Ray. You're yep. just making it happen, man. Yeah, and he wasn't asked to do this. Nobody uh, said, hey, Ray Ray, we need we need you to take take lead on this. He just did He's it. He's just doing it. I'm just laughing because I was sitting at my desk and I I could hear you guys talk <laughs> in your office, and I just hear like trainers meeting tomorrow. I didn't. Did you know about this? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what? I didn't get a text. I was it was just, it was just funny, but uh, yeah, Ray Ray, he's definitely uh, making some moves. One thing I will say about the chips and tricks, Ray, if you could get them to us on a Tuesday, that would be <laughs> <laughs> as I'm walking up the stairs receiving them, I don't have time to proofread it yet or or get a get a good look at it. But yeah, great job. Yeah, Ray, you're all in, and uh, I I just so much appreciate it. We all do. Thanks yeah, for yeah. all you do, buddy. Yeah, keep it up. We had a pretty good show, and I counted 14 trainers. <clears throat> 15. Which, You're missing two. Don is out with his back surgery, mm. and then Jimmy must have been early at the can today. Gotcha. Okay. Oh, there you go. Got it. So there was 15 here, and then there's two more, 17? That's right. Nice. That's and awesome. Looking around the room, they were good quality people, too. Oh, man. You know yeah. I mean? That's very engaged, yeah. too. Yeah. Every one of them was engaged this yeah. morning. Yeah, best of the best there. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like I was saying, they are, they're, they are the experience that a new person gets. Right. You know, they get a little taste of Super Dave. They get a little taste of JR Scooby during orientation. I know Kendrick's been trying to get involved in that. Yep. But then after that, 
the trainer is really what'll make or break a person, Absolutely. you know, or or make them form an opinion at J about JFW in their first couple of weeks. So they are the front lines for sure. All right, well, we got Scooby in the studio today. This has been a long time coming. Scooby is one of our safety directors and the head of property maintenance. I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but Scooby was actually the guest on a very first Pilot Pike podcast. <laughs> Him and JR, we went over to the training room. We were walking over. I was just like, hey, guys, you know, can, can you come with me to the training room? And they're like, well, what's going on? And as we're walking over there, I'm like, we're about to record a podcast. With a phone. With a phone. <laughs> on a video. Like, I turned the video on, just hit record and put it down. And we just had a conversation just to kind of prove what the format would be like and kind of the vibe that the podcast would have. So, Scoob, you're, you're a seasoned veteran on And the here podcast. we are 75 episodes I was, later. 75 episodes. Right, right, a year and a half can in you, almost. Can you believe that? I can't, I still say, I can't believe we get to do this. Did you ever think so, it'd get this big? I didn't. I didn't. I think you did. I didn't know it would be a thing like this. I, you know, I, I thought it would work, but I didn't have like this vision of 75 episodes later and two and a half i mean we couldn't get to 14 minutes on the first one you know what i mean and i never thought we would have a podcast for two hours that we'd all want to be in the same room together right. and talk and people would want to listen and we have 800 downloads on one and we're averaging over 600 yeah i never i didn't i didn't think about that i just thought let's try to make it work i think it's awesome that it's around the world you know worldwide i got people that you know, I've turned on to it. My buddy Calvin. Calvin. Cal uh, yeah. From Australia. Yeah. You know. Uh, he's, he's an avid listener. I every, every, every week, Australia uh -huh. hits. I mean, yeah. he, yep. as far as other country goes, he's number one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, he listens every week. He's actually contributed and yeah. wrote Jimmy email. And yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah I love thing. that because Australia is trucks. I mean, those trailer trains they have and yeah. they, they travel through the desert. Right. And, Man, they do some trucking down there. They do, yeah. Down under. Yeah. Yeah. So what does a Scooby do on his days <laughs> off? What do you Not like much, to do? You know, I just uh, I do a lot of work around my house. I, I like staying home now. He likes I grass. Used, yeah, I like grass. I used to do a lot of things back in the day, but now I'm just a homebody. I, I love working around my house and making it better and... Well, I've been to your house, and your house is meticulous. Your <laughs> your backyard has all the extras. I mean, you got you know the the spray to keep you cool. You got a fire pit, two fire pits. The lawn's great. All sorts of lights. I mean, you got like um, that other room with all the cool like pick. You got a bar in there. Like it's it's in my garage in my sunroom. Yeah, you, you did a nice job in your house, Scooby. So thank you. I have yeah. a daughter room too. No, I don't have a daughter room. What's a daughter room? <laughs> I don't know. You have a sunroom. <laughs> oh, I got gotcha. you. Oh. up with a dad joke there. Oh, wow. wow. What kind of bait did you use on that? <laughs> was that a lure? Or it was a live Scooby bait? snack. Oh. <laughs> uh, Scooby is our resident uh, horticulturist, I guess you would call it. 
Well, if, you got, if you got a question about grass or how to make your grass green, not grow grass, not that kind of grass. I'm talking about your lawn, right? <laughs> Scooby's a man. He's he's giving me tips and tricks about my grass, and I'm guaranteed to have the nicest grass on my block this year. It's nice to have that grass is greener than anybody else's when you yep. drive home, and it's always way darker than everybody else's grass. Yep, yep. I think uh, a lot of people at JFW got uh, fertilizer down the other night before it started snowing <laughs> right? because of Scooby. Scooby's like, it's fertilizer now, it's about to snow. So, good job, Scoob. Thank you. So, Scoob, what uh, what got you interested in trucking? Uh, Well, I was a kid, you know. I was a young kid. We would travel back to Nebraska and Iowa, and uh, I just loved trucks. Uh I mean, as a kid, I played with trucks and did all of that. And, you know, I said, told my mom and dad, I'm going to be a truck driver. And they're Uh like, okay. And uh, it's something I wanted to do throughout my life. I mean, and I started out and as a mechanic and uh, as a ki- as a young kid, I worked for Dugan's Petroleum. And How old were you? At that time, I was 17. Oh, wow. So I was working for Dugan's Petroleum. I was a mechanic for them. And uh, I was working at 20th and Sheridan at a little gas station over there. And they sold that gas station. So I got moved down to the main yard down off of Santa Fe and... Littleton Boulevard there, there used to be a big place there, and that's kind of where I got into the trucks, was able to drive the trucks in the yard there, you know, when I was working on them. Uh So I kind of got the experience of shifting and those kinds of things. And then a good friend of mine that worked there, Earl Parkhurst, he uh, would take me out on Saturdays. He was the sales rep, but he'd deliver fuel to certain places, so I got to ride with him a couple of times. And Uh he kind of trained me and that kind of thing. And Back in the day, you had to have somebody sign off for you. So he was my sign-off person. Gotcha. Okay. So obviously, he's related to Tim Parkhurst? Yes. Had no idea, Scoop. Yep. Huh. Known Tim all these years, so that's his dad? Uh-huh. I didn't know that. Yeah, his dad Obviously, was. that's how you met Tim. I met Tim in high school. Oh, okay. So all then, right. and then Earl. So that was your connection to get the job? Yes. Okay. All right. Yes, because his other brother, Chuck, worked there. So that's how me and Chuck were both mechanics. So it's like the Parkhurst connection. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. And Earl Mm -hmm. was a truck driver, and it's funny because— Earl was a truck driver? That's kind of Uh, ironic. (laughs) (laughs) It was funny because after he quit Dugan's Petroleum, he worked for True Value. So uh, he had kind of the same run I did when I was working for Arby's. We'd hook up in Idaho and come home together. So me and Earl would always come (laughs) come back to Denver together. Earl, you better wake up. You got to watch this. <laughs> you had never seen nothing like this before. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be a truck driver. So I okay. went to truck driving school down in Colorado Springs. Gotcha. So then give us a rundown of your trucking experience from there, <clears throat> you know, the places you may have worked, the types of things you may have hauled, and then how did you end up here at JFW for the first time? <laughs> well, I, I started out, you know, working for Arby's, and that was my first job. When I got out of truck driving school, I was there. It was a month-long deal, and they pretty much got two weeks in, but I had already drove the trucks around the yard at Dugan's Petroleum, and so the second week they come to me, and they're like, hey, uh, we're going to have to let you go, you know. I'm like, what do you mean? I thought I was doing good, and he's like, well, there's a job up in Denver, and that's where you want to be, right? And I said, yeah, and he says, well, I think you need to uh, go up and apply for this job because your driving record – it's terrible, so we're not sure. <laughs> not gonna sure we're gonna be able to place you, but we want you to go try this out. I said, well, so I'm not gonna finish school, and they're like, no, you know what you're doing. So I didn't get to drive a whole lot when I was in truck driving school because I kind of had it down. So 
I went up and I applied, and it was for Arby's, and I was driving a straight truck, and it was actually kind of fun, and I, I got into that, and then they bought a tandem and a pub, and I drove that, and then I turned 21, and next thing I know, I was over the road, and I, I mean, that's what I wanted to do. I had a big fancy truck with a big fancy trailer that said Arby's on it, so <laughs> it was fun, and so I did that for about five years, and then... Uh, Scoop does not to interrupt your story. But does Arby's still deliver their own? I can't. Mm-hmm. I can't picture an Arby's truck today. Right. They they only we like only I see Domino's, th- Cisco, Noble, Mile High. Yeah, yeah all there. of those. But I I can't picture I, an Arby's truck. I don't know if they're still in business that way because the company that I worked for, they owned all the stores that were in Montana and Idaho, North Dakota, South Dakota. So that's where I delivered to all the time. Every week we did a route every week. So sure. I don't know if they're still in business. Huh. You know, the same company that owned all those stores. Interesting. It was called the Bailey Company is what it was called. So, like I said, I was with them for five and a half years, and it was it was actually fun. I, I enjoyed it a lot. It was a lot of work, especially in the wintertime. It was cold. It was warmer to be in the trailer than it was to be outside, <laughs> and you had the freezer going. <laughs> so, and then I got out of that, and I went to work for uh, a company called Miles Lane, and I hauled... Uh, swinging meat from uh denver to california and then produce back i did that for a while and then i worked for another company called uh sullivan trucking same thing running from here to california and kansas to california and i loved it i mean i it was fun you know as a kid you know i was 23 24 it was uh tough because all your friends were having fun and you're out on the road, you know, like, hey, what are you doing next weekend? Well, I got I to gotta go out to California. I got to go do this, you know. So I never really did get to enjoy a lot of time home, but I enjoyed being out there. I enjoyed going to California and doing those kinds of things. But after a while, that got old, and so then I came back to town here, and I worked for a guy, the same guy that had the truck at Arby's. He bought a couple of gravel trucks, and I said, well, let me try this, you know, and I, uh, if anybody knows where Plant 2 is there, there off of Franklin, I, our yard was there. So we had a little yard right there and we had three trucks and they were old gas mat, mass, gas mat trucks. And I don't know if anybody remembers them, but they were orange and white, no power steering. I remember them <laughs> Man, they were, they were rough to drive, you know, no power steering. And we delivered to Flanagan Ready Mix, you know, and so it was fun we released on with clear creek and so then did that for a couple of years and i thought well you know i can do this i'm gonna buy a truck so clear creek bought five new trucks and, and uh and then they they ordered seven and i they didn't take all seven so i ended up buying one and uh ran that one for about a year and a half two years by myself and then uh what was it what year was it God, what year? That was 90. Come on, man. You got to remember your first new truck. I think it was 98. 99, somewhere right in there. I think my my two. It wasn't before that. Had to be before that. I'm getting old, Dave. I can't remember. I think you started here in 96, Scoop. Well, maybe it was then because I was, I had my, well, maybe it was 80s then. 80. (laughs) I can't remember what them trucks were. Yeah. But I, uh. I bought the first one, and then I bought the next one. Was actually kind of fun because I got a special order. I ordered it myself, so it was one of a kind. There was, you know, I ordered it long, and you know, it. 
I tried to be like the Red Pete that you guys had because it was old Big Red was always stretched out. And I love that truck, so uh, I stretched mine out a little longer <laughs> <laughs> just to be ahead. And had a four and a quarter cat in it, you know, eighteen speed. Had the Rosewood dash, and it was nice. I, I enjoyed uh-huh. it, and so I drove that one for a while, and then ended up buying one of the owners trucks from clear creek and it had a five and a four and two sticks in it and so i had a guy drive it and he used to work for harley davidson and he's like man he goes i think i can do this and so ross took it over and first couple of weeks he'd call me he goes hey this this transmission stuck something's wrong with it i said just get a bar out and pry those bars you know the shifter knobs loose and you'll be able to get moving again so he learned how to do that pretty well and so it was kind of fun so i did that for about 10 years did the airport and that's where i got to know you know jfw and and everybody else so we were all a pretty tight niche group you know back then everybody knew everybody and that tells you it was the 80s yep (laughs) (laughs) yeah and so we had you know good times everybody always talking you know, we were running 24 hours a day back then. <laughs> the guys, we had two crews. I had, you know, three guys during the day and three guys at night uh-huh. running my trucks because we were so busy out at the airport. So it was fun. I mean, I, I enjoyed every bit of that. And then I sold That's my... That's funny. You did that, Scoob. We all had to work day and night <laughs> over here. <laughs> yeah, we just worked 20 hours straight. <laughs> but, yeah. Scooby ran legal. <laughs> <laughs> so the that time was fun and so then things got a little tough you know the economy fell out like it normally did we always said you know seven to eight years the, the economy always fell and so things got a little rough and when i was over at clerk creek they were like all the other guys that were leases i was number three on the list with clerk creek and i didn't get to work as much you know all my trucks weren't working so I had payments and things on all that stuff, and finally I was just like, I can't do this anymore. You know, things were getting a little rough, so I took all every all the trucks to the auction and sold them all. And then uh, I went to work for Coors for a short period of time. That wasn't my ideal of fun. And then me and my dad started a little business doing construction and stuff like that, and I did that. And I just like not making enough money. It was hard to you know get people to pay me and things like that and so it's kind of funny and then i had a bad motorcycle accident and uh got hit head on one morning going to work and uh i ended up uh <laughs> sorry guys okay. i was down for about six months wow and so it was tough and that's tough it was funny because dave and jim were you know, we just talked, but I got a flower from him. It was a plant. <laughs> this plant was just a little thing, and I think I had that thing for almost 15 years. Wow. You know, was it, it was in my lily? house. Huh? Was it a peace lily? Yep. No, no, it was a... Should have been a peace lily, Scoop. <laughs> no, it was the ones with the big leaves, and it was. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was in my house for a lot of years. White, I had uh, it in white, a, white flowers? Huh? Was it a white flower no no it didn't bloom it was just oh, gotcha. it was a plant and so i i took care of this thing for probably 15 years and finally just got old you know right i had a pot i i had to go get a bigger pot because it was getting so big <laughs> it was behind my couch and i think what happened is i moved it i rearranged the furniture one time 
And it liked that spot. And with the spot I put it in, it didn't like it. <laughs> and it didn't make it. So I always knew, you know, Jim and Dave. And so one day I told my dad, I said, Dad, we just, I got to go get a driving job because that's where the money's at. And so I showed up at JFW here and I was like, walked in the door and Jim goes, Scooby, what are you doing here? I said, I need a job. And Jim's like, really? And I said, yeah, do you got any openings? He goes, yep, I got an opening. And he says, here, fill out the application. And I filled out the top half with my name and address. And Dave, or Jim goes, that's good. <laughs> he goes, when can you start? It was a Friday. I said, Monday? He says, all right, here's the keys to, I don't remember what it was. Was it 007? One of the old, it was the white ones with the gray and red stripes on it. Yeah. And uh, he goes, I just got the retarder fixed in it. Everything's working. And, Said, you should be good to go. And I said, well, can I come down and put my radio in and all that, all my stuff in? And he goes, yeah, you can do that tomorrow. So I came down and got all my stuff in the truck. And I knew everybody here, you know, Doogie and Russ, you know. So I just kind of fit in here, you know, with everybody. So it was it was fun. And I, I kind of got to jump in there, Scoob, because it was funny. I was, I was working out in the shop when you came in. And <clears throat> you came in in a truck, in a big truck. And when you left, Jim came out. He said, hey, guess who was just here? looking for a job and i was like i don't know and he goes phil slack and he's holding the the application you filled out i'm like who the hell's phil slack <laughs> right <laughs> and he's like scooby and i'm like scooby was just here <laughs> so, yeah it was it was interesting and you know i mean i was kind of dumbfounded that they were like you know can you start monday i'm like yeah i'm in you know so it was it was a great time and so i worked here for 12 and a half years and of course my ego got bigger than anything and i should have probably stayed here but i decided i needed to go move heavy equipment so went to work for a company and worked there for 14 years and you can say his name we don't, we don't. yeah kelly Hawkins. <laughs> eh? you know i enjoyed kelly he's a good guy yeah i enjoyed being there and it was one of those things i was like really getting tired of driving and uh it's funny i get a phone call one day and it's dave white you know? Dave always called me throughout the throughout all the time I was gone. He'd when we'd see, see each other on the road, the road yeah, yeah. And I'd see him. I'd call him, "Hey, Dave, what are you doing?" Oh, I missed you. You know, he's, "Hey, what are you doing over there?" You know, so we always talked. You know, every, oh, well, probably once a month or every two months, we'd yeah. see each other. And yeah, I always called and talked to Jim and wished him happy birthday and Dave and always did that. So we always stayed in touch. You know, there's you got to give him the inside joke when we'd call each other <laughs> about the Scooby Doo. Scooby Doo. Oh, <laughs> I'll tell the story. Go I'm ahead, because you're. I'm worried about Scooby being politically correct here. <laughs> so way back in the day, when the first time Scooby worked here, we had we had a really old service truck, and then we got the one that the we still Chevy. have, which is yeah. now today our old service truck, right? But that the '92 Ford that we have, or maybe it's a '90. I think it's a '92. But anyway. Uh, Back in the day, that thing was like, it was a Cadillac. It was a I mean, Cadillac what we had it. and what we went to, uh-huh. it was night and day, right? And Scooby's like, we need to put a CB in that. And I'm like, okay. And It was like a Saturday morning or kind of morning midday type scenario. And Scooby gets this CB in the service truck. And I just happened to walk out there when, when he's done with it. And he keys up. Nobody answers him on 17. And he knew Clear Creek ran on Channel 12. And those trucks were always going by here, running over to the Moline plant. And uh, Scooby gets on the CB. He's like, hey, you know, breaker one, two, anybody got a copy on this CB? And there was this Lisey that used to work for Clear Creek, and his name was Dewey Wilson. 
Super nice guy. Super nice guy. And he's got this big accent and he comes back and instantly the, all Scooby Doo was Scooby did was say break twelve. You know what I mean? <laughs> Anybody get a copy on the C B and old Dewey comes back and he's like, Scooby Scooby Doo, <laughs> is that you? <laughs> and to this day, man, I can picture Scooby. We were laughing so hard, I thought Scooby was going to fall out of the pickup, oh man. My God. It was the funniest thing in the world. Scooby's eyes get real big. He's like, that's Dewey. <laughs> <laughs> that was a funny day. I, oh, God, God. I remember that. Yeah. So, so over the course of time, anytime I called Scooby, he would answer, and I'd be like, Scooby, Scooby Doo, yep. is that you? <laughs> Uh, so as I, you know, I was driving heavy, hauling heavy equipment, and Dave called me one day, and we were just talking, and I didn't think it was going to, you know, lead into what it became, and mm-hmm. we were talking, and the next thing I know, he said, "How you doing?" I said, "Good," you know, and everything good, you know, and yeah, yeah. So getting tired of driving, and that like, I think Dave sparks something in Dave's ear, you know, and all of a sudden he's like. <laughs> We continued on our conversation. He goes, well, if you're looking for something different, I have an opening. And I was like, really? So I thought about it. And he says, you want to come in for an interview? And I said, kind of was hesitant at first. And I was like, yeah. So you didn't seem hesitant on the phone. <laughs> well, a little bit I was because, you know, I, I didn't like changes. I, I, I like staying where I was at. And so anyway, yeah. And it involved not driving a truck and did it <laughs> not, not really not the first year it's, i come back but i don't want to drive cool. here's the keys yeah that, i think it was his first day he started we put him in a truck yeah uh, i thought he said he didn't want to drive the same truck every day <laughs> and i didn't want to go to the mountains but jennifer and Sammy Fair, grab a load out of fair play <laughs> I just I just laugh because so so Scooby came in and he interviewed for a safety director position and I just remember hearing about Scooby throughout the you know the couple of years I had been back and who's this Scooby guy and he came in and we met and I just remember Jim and Dave just you know they they just knew you and trusted you so that was the big thing they kept driving home but anyway you came back but you made it pretty clear like yeah I just don't want to drive like right and I remember we were in the kitchen and. <laughs> you were like, yeah, I think I'm gonna gonna go on a ride along today. You know, I'm gonna find a driver and do a ride along. And brother Dave knew we were short. He's like, I think you're going on a drive along. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> uh, guess where you're going? Fair play. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it was funny. So then I come in and did the interview, and it went well. I thought, and went on about my business. And Dave said, Well, we'll get back to you. You know, in two weeks. And so. Two weeks went by, and next thing I know, it was it was a Monday, and I was sitting there waiting and waiting for a phone call to see if Dave was going to call me. And I never, I was like ready to call him, and all of a sudden my phone rings and it's Dave. And I was I was really excited about it, you know. I, I really enjoyed the interview and everything we had, and so he, he called me and he says, uh, "How you doing?" I said, "Good." I said, "I was getting ready to call you." I said. Do I have a dog in this fight? And Dave goes, Yeah, his name's Scooby Doo. You want the job? And I was like, Yeah, I do, Dave. So it, it, it was really, really cool how it all happened. Nice. They say things come full circle, Scoob. Yep. You certainly did. Yep. Well, it's good to be back with you, Dave. I mean, I enjoyed the time, you know, uh, 
we had the first time I was here because we shared an we, office. We together. did some things, yeah. didn't we? <laughs> How long have you been back, Scoop? Is it two years? I'll be two years in June. Wow. So. Yeah. Wait, what do you mean you shared an office? That was your office. Dave and I have to share that office. <laughs> yeah, that was your office but by no, yourself. Me and Dave you know, at first, but me and Dave started sharing it. So yeah. So what, what do you think the difference is from working here back in the day to working here now? Obviously, your position's different, but what could you speak on as far as the culture and, and who we are? I enjoy the the new people coming in and and realizing that you know never drove an in dump and and teaching them and showing them and hopefully they stick with it i uh, mean I, like i said i've been with this company for 12 and a half years the first time mm-hmm. and i enjoyed every minute of it you know uh-huh. i didn't i didn't want to go anywhere but like i said I, sometimes you you do stupid things and and i left and i shouldn't have how long were you gone for 14 years wow so yeah a lot of life happens in those. In it those does. Years. It does. But yeah. I, you know, I like th- knowing that we have so many people that you can help all the time. You know, people mm-hmm. ask me questions, or you know, I can go help them, teach them, and show them. And you know, I was such a, a loner for a while because I was on my own all the time, and coming back and being around this many people is uh, just—it's awesome. I mean, I love being around people, but. There for a long time, it was just me. You know, yeah. I, I did all the work myself. So yeah, I'd almost say that was almost. You almost had to relearn that a bit, Scoob, when I you did. first came back because you didn't. You weren't used to community. You know what <laughs> no. I mean? And we're we're one big family. He you wasn't I mean? socialized. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> needed to train him up a little bit. But yeah, hey, was, don't bark at this one anymore. <laughs> yeah. This is a good guy. You don't need to bark at him. <laughs> it was it was tough coming back. So yeah, was, I was like had to retrain myself. You know. Yeah. You don't have to pee there, Scoob. We actually have a bathroom. <laughs> we, we own it. You don't need to mark it. <laughs> Scoob, what is, uh, at one point, you, you would tell me at one point your dad worked here. What, uh, was, what was that like? It was a great time. Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed it. My, my dad was everything to me. Yeah. I know. But, uh, you know, able to come to the yard and see my dad here, you know. Mm. My mom worked here, too, for a short period of time, so. It was always good to see them throughout the day, you know, yeah. walk in. Hi, Mom. Hi, Dad, you know. <laughs> that's awesome. Talk totally to forgot your mom worked here. I totally forgot that, Scoob, yeah. That's because Dad wasn't d- cleaning as well as he should have. Yeah, you know? yeah. And so Mom came to help him. Yeah, I totally so. forgot that. Yeah, your dad was just so instrumental in the when we built this, the things that he painted and got mm-hmm. done for us and created and all of that, Jim. This building? This building, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, so he, he did all the cleaning and painting and he helped with the sprinkling system in the front and yep. everything. Oh. So it was it was fun building this building because we were all a big part of it. Super Dave, you know, Jim Smith and Aaron, you know, uh, yeah. Thorpe. Yeah. You know, the guy was amazing. He'd climb up this building, climb right up the red beams and get up on the, on the roof and walk those beams. Yeah, he was a red iron. Well, just a metal building guru. Yeah. Taught us oh. so much about the buildings. Wow. So yeah. all of us work together to build this place, you know. So yeah, many people don't realize that. Scoob. When <laughs> when you say when you use those words, we built this place. Yeah. We assembled it. <laughs> like we put this place right. together. We yeah. had a contractor come in and pour the concrete, and yep. we put all the red iron together. We put all the metal on the building. We put the insulation in it. We did everything on this building, yeah. you know, other than what the city wouldn't let us do—the electrical or the plumbing. Right. Yeah. Right. So yeah. 
we laid all the concrete out in the yard. I, yeah. You know, the days back, you get the phone call, Scoob, where you at? Head at the plant 12. Uh, come by the yard. We got a hot load coming. <laughs> yeah. And we'd be out here laying concrete, you know, and we'd get it late, and I'd go right back to trucking. So, yep. It was always a good time. You know, there was never a dull moment. You didn't sit around here. You you worked here. <laughs> there was well, no hiding out at the plant. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, what would happen if somebody was hiding out back in the day? They just didn't. We just yeah. didn't do it. Yeah. We Everybody was hustling all the time, you know. We had 12 trucks when I came back, you know. Wow. And it was just a small fleet, so we all worked together. It's like, you know, a guy would get tires and – Super Dave knows this. Guy would get tires and be like, hey, man, can you give me a hand putting tires on tonight or this afternoon or tonight or whatever? Yeah, I'll give you a hand. And so everybody would help put tires on somebody's truck because they got a new set of drives. <laughs> right. It was like, wow, I got new drives. And then the yeah. next guy would be like, well, I, hey, I'm getting my tires next week sometime. Can you give me a hand? Yeah. So we all just jumped in. We did oil changes, and we always helped each other. That was the, the best part of it. Uh. Good stuff. Very cool. So what does your day-to-day look like now, and what's important to you? How do you want to be impactful here at JFW? Uh, Just helping new drivers and helping old drivers that need help too, you know. Having questions if they need anything. Be there there for them. Support them, you know. You know, I, I like talking to them, you know. I don't know, you know, you're more of the, the guy that, knows more about family and that kind of stuff i don't have a family so you know it's me and my dogs so you're good at that and i've learned a lot from you huh. learned a lot from super dave and, Lou and jim and dave so you guys have taught me a lot of uh good things you know so and you've taught me a lot too scoob absolutely yeah. both ways good yep. point dave. absolutely yep scoob is a guy that when you hear somebody will give you the shirt off their back that's scooby you know, hey, school, can I borrow this? Yep, no questions asked. Hey, yep. can you help me here? What are we doing? Like, you know, you got a big heart, and you're always willing to help, Scoob. So you've taught me that, you know. I could definitely look up to you there. Thank you. Yep. What safety topic sticks out to you? Is there something that's kind of a pet peeve of yours, something you want to address today? Mine is I, I've really been struggling with the pre-trips and post-trips, you know. Mm-hmm. Guys not doing them and gals, same thing, you know, but – for the most part, a lot of people are doing them, but it's just, I don't know what drives me crazy that you, you got a piece of equipment that's 200000 and you're not checking the oil, you're not uh. checking the water, you're not checking these things, you know. We had a driver here one time, and he uh, got an oil change and didn't realize that they didn't put any oil in it. Wow. And he took off and blew the motor up. Wow. So... You know, those things are important that you check these things every day. You know, I've been doing this a long time. And if I have to go drive a truck, even if I drive TNT, I pop the hood, make sure the oil is good, make sure the tires are good, water's good, you know. Mm-hmm. You never know. So you have to check it all the time. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that guy that blows something up. Yeah. I mean, and that's a great point. So we do a really good post trip when we come in at night to find out anything that could be wrong so the shop could fix it. But. I mean, what if the shop did a short on your truck the night before? What if they changed the oil? What if the drain plug wasn't tight? What if, what if, what if? You got to pop that hood in the morning as well to make sure everything's cool. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I've had to go rescue a truck that the front spring broke on it, and me and Mikey drove it all the way back here with the front spring broken. So right. 
to me, that's a weak spot somewhere in the manufacturing or something. So I'm always checking the springs to make sure they're, you know, not cracked or broken or, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. I don't want to go out and crash and hit somebody else. I don't yeah. – it's important to check everything. It's a lot easier to take care of things here in the yard than out on the road. Yep. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <clears throat> I, just because you bring that up, Scoob, I, I had it in my notes here. I was going to talk to it at the end of discussion, but – I want to just reemphasize that key on process when we start the trucks. Yeah, it's just so important. We're we're having to kind of drill it home because we keep seeing more and more problems with it, or continuing problems, I should say. But that key on process, please, everyone, turn the key on when you go to start the truck and leave it in the on position until it goes through its safety check. It's going to click off your ABS brakes on the front, the drives, the steer, the trailer, everywhere, and it's going to come back. Do all sorts of checks throughout that computer system. Then it's going to pop your brake pedal a little bit. I think some of the trucks may be a little different in that, but no matter what, the clicks are all the same. Let it finish until it's making no more noise. You know, it could take 10 seconds, maybe 15 tops, and then start the truck after it's completed its process. It's, you know, I don't know anybody that owns a computer at home that you can just go to it, hit the on button, and use it. You have to wait for it to come up, right? Your phone, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's just not instant. And, those trucks are just full of computer systems, so right. let it work through its process and do its thing. It'll tell you when it's ready. Nice. Well, Scoob, <clears throat> being you worked here for so long and worked here back <laughs> in the day when truck driving was different, what's the funniest or funnest story you could tell me about Jim and Dave White? Oh, there was one day that we were in the old shop, which used to be right next door to this building, and we decided we were going to build a potato gun. And so me and Doogie and uh, somebody else, we went and got PVC pipe and built this potato gun. And I don't know if anybody knows what it is where you could launch a potato out of it. and You put hairspray in it and fill it up, and it'd shoot a potato halfway across the yard, you know. So Farther than that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it was funny, so... We were all out there, and Jim and Dave were out there, and we were all just having a ball with this thing. And I, I think it was Jim said, uh, shoot the door. See what it does. And we had these sliding doors. And uh, so well, I don't think anybody said shoot the door. I think that was like the first shot. Oh, like, maybe it was. Just shoot it that way. It, shoot it it'll way. never make it to the door. And, <laughs> and it put a hole right through the door. <laughs> and we all stood there and just laughed. <laughs> I thought it was funny, and then we just had a for, ball with... For anybody that is thinking about, you know, what are we doing here, it was a snow day, <laughs> yeah. and we didn't have anything to haul, so we we did that. Yeah, we built a potato gun, yep. so it, it was fun. We had a lot of fun with it around here for a while, but that was one, one of the funniest moments I remember, that potato gun. <laughs> All right. Well, Scoob, keep jumping in on this. Uh, we're going to move on to the safety topic of the okay. week. For the safety topic, we're actually going to go through uh, the Samsara safety stats for last month. JR is so awesome about putting this together every month for us to see how we're doing compared to the previous month. So here we go. Number one, the fleet safety score for this month is a 93, which is a one-point improvement from the month before. The top safety risk factors in February, number one is speeding. In general, time spent speeding is up 44%. Majority is light speeding, which is one to five miles on one to five miles per hour over, which we don't count into our Samsara score, but it is up seventy-eight percent. 
Moderate speeding is 5 to 10 miles an hour over the speed limit, and that's down by 4% from February. Heavy speeding is 10 to 15 miles per hour, and that's down by 28%. And severe speeding, 15 miles an hour or more, is down by 8%. So really, our light speeding went up quite a bit, which is just a 1 to 5 miles an hour over, which we kind of give as a freebie. But all our other scores went down. The moderate, heavy, and severe speeding went down. So I'm actually pretty good with that. Collision risks. We had 394 total following two close events. 293 more events than February. So that's not very good at all. First week, we had 20 events. The second week, okay, here's why. We had 153 events. And that's due to the new Samsara following distance of 1.5 seconds. So we implemented a new policy the second week of February, and that really kicked things up. Third week, 135 events, but then by the fourth week, we went down to 86 events. So it is improving. Wow. So us kicking up that following distance to 1.5 seconds had a big impact. But everybody, please remember... Proper following distance above 45 miles an hour is a minimum of four seconds. So there's been a few uh, drivers ask questions about that. Like, hey, you know, I don't seem that close. I'm three truck lengths or, you know, they're not using the actual seconds. But it needs to be four seconds. It certainly needs to be a minimum of 1.5 seconds. Comments? Well, one thing I like, though, Jim, is that people did learn. Yeah. Sure, it was... uh a you know, a slap in the face right away. Like, wait right. a minute, I'm farther back than I was yesterday. Right. But it, it they did get a grip on it and, yep. and improve. Yeah, and I'm interested. Awesome. I'm really interested to see how it shakes out for March yeah. now that everybody knows it's one and yeah. a half seconds. So, uh, distracted driving, inattentive driving, total of nine inattentive driving events, which is no change from February. And then... Uh, Mobile usage, 31 events, 12 more from February. So not ah, good. Wow. Not good there. And we didn't increase that. And we didn't increase that. Yeah, it yep. increased on its own. That's because <laughs> more people are using their phones. Yep. That's just, that is not good. That's distracted driving. Yep. Everybody go out, get you a, a phone holder, a phone mount. Mount that high up on your dash or on your windshield so you're not looking down at it if you're using your GPS. or yep. Get a Bluetooth device so you, Bluetooth. so you can just use your Bluetooth device. Yep. Most phones you could say, hey, Siri, or what is what is that other phone manufacturer? I don't know. I don't the, use Siri. The good one? The Androids? <laughs> yeah. You just say, hey, Google. Oh, hey, Google. Yep, there yeah. you go. Hey, Google. Okay. <laughs> I talk to Siri myself. Do you see how the, the atmosphere changed when I brought up an iPhone? <laughs> Dave immediately got disgruntled. That's funny. Got a little wrinkle in my forehead. <laughs> What's like that it. vein? <laughs> It'll be gone soon. <laughs> Traffic signs and signals. We had 23 total events for March. Rolling stops, 21 total events, which is up from 12 in February. Lane departure, two events, none in February. So we got some work to do. On a more positive note, here are your top 15 Samsara safe drivers for March. And the top 10 are all tied for first place with a score of 100. Pleased to announce, and these are in no particular order because they're all got 100. We got 0079 Potter, 00100 Rick Showtime Gray, 001 John Moore, 0051 Thomas Morgan, 
And I got to tell you guys, Thomas Morgan's on a mission. He is determined to be a silent warrior for 2023. Nice. Wow. He has taken awesome. it serious. His safety score, his attendance, everything. Very like, cool. He's 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 put his name on it. So good for him. 0059, Edwin Ramirez. 0089, Teddy Hernandez. Man, I, Teddy Hernandez is flying flying under the radar. I don't ever hear anything about Teddy. And he's over at the other yard, so I don't he's see him. But guy. Hi, Teddy. 0042, Herb Turner. 0026, Troy Holmes. 0015, Nat Bisignano. And 0014, Rob White. What's interesting, Rob White, Nat, Troy Holmes, and Teddy Hernandez, some of the time, or all bulker drivers. So good job in the bulker division. But it is pretty good across the board there. You know what I mean? Those We have guys that run everywhere, even out of state. We yep. have guys that are on short hauls, yep. guys that are on long hauls. Rock we have pneumatics. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. Herb Turner with the rock trailer. I mean, that is all of the above of what we do, and it's possible there's a perfect score in every, every one. Nice. Second place, we have 10 drivers tied at a 99. Wow. Third place, we have 12 drivers tied at a 98. <clears throat> In the green, with a 90-plus score, we have 96 drivers, which is 19 more than last month. In the yellow, 80-89 to 89 score, we have 15 drivers, which is 10 less from last month, but that's because they improved their scores into the green. Absolutely. That's wow. phenomenal. Yeah, that's great. And in the red, we have less than or equal to of a 79 score. We have four drivers, which is five less from last month because they also improved into the yellow or green zone. The risk factors of those in the red this month are following too close, 72 events, speeding, moderate, 5 to 10 miles an hour or over, distracted driving, 7 events, no seatbelt, 2 events, the no seatbelt kills me. Rolling stops, one event, and that's rolling a stop sign at five miles an hour or more. And five that, miles an hour is fast Yeah, to roll through a stop sign. Yeah. You can, that is that is haul in the mail, man. Yeah, you you, could, you're going to get a ticket. Yeah, you could do it at four and we won't even know. Yeah. But at five. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You need to, you need to do a little better at that. Yep. And then lane departure, one event, no turn signal used to merge into the next lane. So... All right. Anybody want to take this next section about Distracted Driving Awareness Month? Super Dave, Scooby? Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about that. That right. I wanted to come up a, a minute ago, Jam, when we were talking about the phone usage. And when I read this statistic, I was amazed. There were 3,142 fatalities caused by distraction-affected crashes in 2020. Yuck. People who text while driving are six times more likely to get into a crash than those who drive while intoxicated and they, i just thought wow right because i mean look at the numbers you drive by and everybody knows if you drive a big truck you look down into that car parked at the stoplight next to you they got their phone in their hand oh it's you stop at an intersection three out of four cars next to you that you can see that are right around you yeah they all have their phones out it's crazy yeah and i, I just want to emphasize here the statistics that 3,142 fatalities caused by distracted, uh, affected crashes in 2020. What year was COVID? 2019. So there was nobody on the road. Absolutely. Yeah. And there were still 3,000 fatalities. That's crazy. That's disgusting. Think about that. Think about that. Our roads were empty for months. Yeah. yeah. Months yeah. upon months. I wonder what that figure is now. Right? You know, yeah. with everybody out and with the... 
I don't know. I'm just saying this. I think people drive more angrily these oh, yeah. days. You know? Oh, yeah. More I, aggressively. I tell you what, though. There is a police presence now that has formed in the last couple months or, or since the beginning Good. of the year has started. I don't know if you guys feel it, but, man, I, I feel like they are out and about finally mm. to try and crack on some of the driving habits that, yeah, I've seen that, that I think were created by COVID. And I think the majority of what was created of COVID was speed. Yeah. I mean, it's... They're they're cracking down on it. It's coming. Yeah, you see a lot of police officers over here in Commerce City doing. Yeah, watching streets around here now. Yeah, so. I remember back in the day, you'd be driving down I seventy, and they'd have a guy, a police officer, shooting radar from a bridge, and then have a half a dozen chase cars right down the road a little ways. You never see that anymore right? since COVID. That yeah. just doesn't exist, yeah. right? Yeah. 225 used to be a heavy spot for police officers because right? I was coming to work one morning and got pulled over for speeding. And uh, that was years ago, you know, and now you don't see anything out there. Right. And the traffic mm-hmm. has just got faster and faster and faster. I mean, yeah, because people don't think they're going to get caught. They're running 75, 80 miles an hour. And I'm like, <laughs> man, I mean. I, for the past couple of weeks, I've seen this Audi going into work in the morning. Okay, it's 430 in the morning. And, you know, I, the speed limit on Highway 36 is 65. So I'm going like 70, yeah. you know, 72. And this Audi, he's, it's souped up. You can hear the exhaust on it when he goes by. And I swear, every morning he passes me, and he's going like 100. And I think to myself, isn't that guy worried about getting caught? But, I mean, obviously not. I, I don't, think, he, I don't think it affects people anymore. Hauling they don't, ass. They don't see police presence anymore. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. So this next statistic is very interesting. The average amount of time a driver takes to type out a text message is five seconds. When I read that, I thought, holy crap, I can't do it in five seconds. (laughs) It's taking me like 30 seconds. Um, If you're driving 55 miles an hour and look down to text for five seconds, you've already driven the length of a football field. In 2014, the Journal of Adolescent Health reported that the maximum amount of time a driver can safely look away from the road is only two seconds. And I can tell you, even two seconds can get you in trouble sometimes. Oh, boy. You have to pick and choose when, like, you know, I'm coming up to a stop sign or I'm coming up to an intersection. Don't reach down and pick up your coffee cup. Yeah. You know, wait until you're out on an open stretch road where there's no... Um, you know, no side traffic and no, you know, yeah. no things that look are going to... Look at how many accidents up. are created at the scene of an accident. Yes. You know what I mean? From yes. the rubberneckers because yes. you're taking your eyes off of the vehicle in front of you and you're busy looking over to the side where you're not on the road and you're like, oh my gosh, you know, and then bam, you hit the person in front of you or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, yeah, it's scary. That's mm-hmm. why they never stand on the driver's side anymore because... So many people have got hit from another car that the police officers are standing out there. Yeah. They come to the right side of the car yeah. and say, yeah. get out of the car and step yep. over here. Yep. yep. We've all seen the um, the body camera footage of that, you know, the yeah. dash camera right. footage of these police yeah. officers. Or even just their, their cruiser getting yeah. hit. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. This next one is sad. 11 teenagers die every day due to texting and driving. Teenagers are 400% more likely to cause a crash from texting and driving. AT&T's teen driver survey found that 97% of teenagers thinks it's dangerous, 
while 43% of them engage in the activity anyway. I think that 43% is way too low. I'd have to say 90% of these teenagers text I, in the car. You know, when I, I'm just basing it off of people you see. You don't typically see a new, a young person texting while driving. The majority of what I see on the road, you know, the people next to me, they're all middle-aged right. or older. Yeah. You, you know what the I mean? The young kids I, so, aren't complacent yet. Well, I, I do believe they follow... I, the beat I, of a little different drum, you guys. I, I, have I, to. I think that's pushed on them so hard. You know, like the like certain other things. I I guess I want to hope they're better than that, Dave. Because I mean, the people that the people that I see, I mean, they're in the fast lane and they were doing seventy, and then all of a sudden you've dropped to fifty-five, and you're like, what are they doing? And then you see them speed up, and then you slow down, and that's exactly it, Jam. You just you're made the, the face. You're like, grab your phone, and then you pull it away. Like, oh my god, oh 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 shit, they're texting. You know what I mean? And yeah, I mean, the majority of those people that I see, Dave, they are not teenagers. They are not new drivers. And you know, I mean, you have the most recent teenager that's driving, so you probably know their culture better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we actually, we get an alert, you know, if on that Life360 app. It's a free app. I mean, I suggest right. everyone to have it. It's a drive. It's a it's just a location app, but it has a drivings app on it. Ah, so. And it, it actually gives you phone count, text count. So, like, we would know if he was using the phone or calling someone or answering wow. the phone, you know. And uh, honestly, you guys, I mean, I'm pretty blessed. I don't really have to look at it. I mean, right. it'll give top speed alert for the week. It'll it'll do all of that. It's it's a pretty comprehensive little deal, and it's free. I mean, it's right. a free app. So yeah, I've used it before. <laughs> I know we stopped using it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if Bella was driving damn straight, I'd be using it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. she will be before you know it, Jim. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, Allie just got a new car and switched insurance companies, Jim's middle daughter. And uh, the company, I forget, Jim couldn't remember who she's with now. And uh, they have the little, I want to say, I, I, you know, I'm assuming this, so I'm probably wrong when I say it, but I, Jim just said they have a tracker in there. I don't know if it's it like works a off safe the phone. Driving app. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if it's off the phone or, you know, that some of them have the one that plugs into the cigarette lighter. Uh -huh. Have you seen those? No, but. I, I, so that's what I was visualizing, but you're right. I'm sure it's off the phone. Yeah, because USA had one. Yeah. Me and my wife were doing yeah, it. Yeah, Geico has one. But then I'm like, I don't want, yeah, to me, I just didn't want another thing tracking me. Sure. You know, for sure. them to have an excuse of. Yeah, because I mean, the iPhone's enough. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It knows everything. It does. And it's not just the iPhone, every mobile phone. Of course. Yeah. You know? I agree. Do you guys, do you have a TikTok account on your phone? Okay, good. I won't put it on mine. Yeah, that's supposed the to Chinese be Chinese are going to track you. Then it's the most invasive. Like they watch your uh, pin patterns and oh, yeah, wow. like they they take yeah. a lot of stuff from mm. you. Hey, newsflash! They're already listening. Yeah, that's I mean, why I don't put. The I don't know if anybody's realized it or too. paid attention, but you can talk about something you don't typically talk about. Oh yeah, and within a day or two, you go to open up your phone, and there's Thanks. either an advertisement for it, or you know what I mean. And, and when it's it's really evident when it's some unusual thing that you had a conversation about with someone the day before or a couple days I'm, ago and I'm good then with, all of a sudden it's in your search i'm good with that i just hate when i think about something and it appears <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that makes me feel invaded oh so, funny <laughs> i've had that happen <clears throat> all right well let me tell you the last uh last couple here according to the national safety council sell use while driving 
leads to six million crashes a year. Wow. wow. Just it, cell use. Just cell use. Yeah. So that's either talking or texting, right? Right. And talking can be just as distracting as, as texting. It can be, yeah. Sure, you know? Yeah, you need to be focused on what you're doing, right? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, my oldest daughter, and I don't want to throw you under the bus, Jen, but <laughs> she's a very busy... <laughs> but it busy, sounds like he's going to. <laughs> I am. <laughs> she's a very busy person, and she's one of the these super moms that has... You know, two teenagers, and she works full time, and she's trying to do everything at once. So when she's busy driving, it's kind of downtime. Mm. And I'll get a call for Jen from Jen. I'm looking, oh, she's driving somewhere. You know, she's going to, you know, football practice or something to pick up Reese or something, and that's her downtime. And she thinks she can get on the phone and and use it for such. And and I wish she wouldn't do that because you gotta pay attention to driving. Right. That is the first task. Um, and, and here it says, uh, to touch on that, drivers distracted by texting are eight times more likely to be involved in a crash than non-distracted drivers. So I, I would have to throw everything in there, not just texting, whether you're you know, talking on the phone, whether you're um, trying to find something or be, you know, beat the kids up in the backseat or whatever. You know, anything is distracting. I've noticed, you know, if you're talking on the phone and you're driving along, and all of a sudden I've passed up my exit because I was talking on the phone and went, wow, I just passed my exit. Now i got to turn around and come back. Right, and, right. And you didn't realize you were. I've never done that. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I've caught myself, so I try not to talk on the phone as yeah. much as possible anymore because I've noticed that I do lose focus of things yeah. doing those kinds of stuff. Yeah, Scoop, Jim and I are guilty of that. We'll get in the pickup headed somewhere to a meeting or something and, I mean, we're such routine guys. It's like our vehicle points to work or to home, That's right? So go, during yeah. the middle of the day, if we're going somewhere and we're in a conversation, you know, heated debate about something or trying to figure something out, right? And next thing I know, we're northbound I-25 headed home. I'm like, hey, we were headed to Lapan. You know what I mean? We seriously, <laughs> oh, like, Dave, my wife, we're Jackie terrible gives about me that. So much trouble over that yeah. because I'll I'll literally get thinking about something else and I won't even like remember where i was headed. yeah yeah it's just cruise control uh, right uh, which which is what we're talking about that's distracted driving yep. i can't tell you how many times i went to go to morton to like meet drivers up there or something and then i'm on 36 like headed to west <laughs> right like, yeah. Oh. yeah 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 so. a university of utah study reported that a teen driver who is using a cell phone has the same reaction time as a 70 year old driver who isn't using the cell phone wow damn i'm 62 yeah. yeah. Way to discriminate. So right. Much for my reflexes. Uh, the third to last one here, 64% of all vehicle crashes in the United States each year are caused by cell phone usage behind the wheel. That's 1.6 million crashes. It's amazing. You, I mean, you think about it, over half of the vehicle crashes are caused by cell phone use. Yep. That's just, that's crazy. Yeah. Sad. Since 2010... Over 660,000 drivers are using cell phones while driving. That number's got to be way higher, don't you guys think? I, I mean, do. Since 2010? Oh, yeah. yeah. Right? At any given moment in the United States, the Office of Traffic Safety chalks this up to how addicted Americans have become to technology and cell phones. I mean, I, that, that number's way it, low. It has to be half oh, of yeah. that, right? I mean, more than, more than double is what I'm trying yeah, to say. Considering right? nine yeah. out of 10 cars that you see on the road, the person's got his phone in his oh, hand. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And then the last one here, 
421,000 people in the United States are injured each year by distracted drivers. Huh. Some sick stats. Yeah, very <clears throat> sick. As in disgusting sick, not cool sick. Yep. Speaking of cool, tips and tricks from Ray Davis. Spring is here and the weather is warming up and air conditioners are our coolest friend. We have great equipment here and the air conditioners work great. But if you leave it on full blast for hours, it gets so cold it freezes and won't blow cold air, and you will have to wait till it thaws out. The trick is, if you turn off the recirculation, it won't freeze up, or don't leave full blast all day, but it will also keep you cool. Also, drink plenty of water. Hydration is key to keeping your body cool. Also, those that wear shorts, make sure that you have a pair of pants you can slip on because if you have to get it out of your truck in a pit or a plant to put your ticket in a box or something goes wrong, <clears throat> you have to have pants on. Honestly, sounds like a lot of work to just wear shorts. Shorts are not proper clothing to wear for PPE on any job site, pit or plant. Hope you all have a great day. Much love and respect always. Ray Ray 0012. Good tip, Ray. Yeah. I like it. Yep. Questions from the audience. Robert Shaw has got a great question here. Brother Dave, in regards to the Western Stars, <laughs> he, he actually wrote, since, since Brother Dave's a numbers guy, what's the weight of the truck? What's the horsepower and torque numbers for the Cummins platform? And when are these estimated to arrive? Wow, those are all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's on it. Questions from my heart. Yeah, so. <clears throat> all right, so here we go. Drum roll, please. Uh, we're hoping the Western Stars, because obviously we don't have them, right? right. And the, the manufacturers do the best job they can to create these weights. And, you know, they, they have the weight of all the equipment when they put it together, and yada, yada, yada. So we're hoping to be 15.5 or under with the trucks. What are the... What are the we're 15 with the rest. Okay. So they just couldn't promise us. They think they're going to come in between 15 and 15.5. So that's that's the plan. You know, one of the big things, we wouldn't even be able to get the Western Stars if it wasn't for the answer to his next question uh, due to the Cummins engine. I'm sure everyone's familiar with the X-Series engine. Cummins has the X-15, which is their 15-liter. We're actually dropping to the X-12 Cummins, which is a 505-horsepower rated engine, and it is 1,750 foot-pounds of torque. Uh, it should be, you know, quite an animal for being a 12-liter engine. All of our pack car engines are 13 liters. They're MX-13s. This is just called the X-12. So, you know, we're, we're super excited to try it. We're super excited to get it in the fleet, get it on the ground, and get it running. I did just have an update on it. It looks like they're, they've pushed from a July delivery to an August delivery, oh, which wow. I'm thrilled with. That's just a couple weeks. Yeah. You know what Instead I mean? It was year. Yeah, yeah. It's not six months. It's not three months. It's not a month. It's just a couple right. weeks. And I think that's a much more, as we get closer for them to have a date that pinned in, mm -hmm. it should be a pretty solid date. So nice. um, I'm pretty excited about that. Super excited to see the trucks. Uh, you know, I'm sure we created quite a buzz here yesterday, but the Mack truck salesman was here yesterday. And of course, you know, I think we had 30 trucks come in the yard yesterday. Had a, had a couple guys. <laughs> they were all coming in when the Mack guy was here. Absolutely. Had a couple guys want to look in the truck and whatnot. And yeah, I mean, uh, we have to explore all options, sure. you know, where, where we're at. So I have two questions. One, how did the Mack guy know the week before you said you would buy Max? <laughs> did he listen to the podcast or did you guys call him or what? 
so we have a good friend that works that actually is in charge of the service department over at Mac. Gotcha. Steve Brunetti and uh, or I'm sorry, Bruno. It's Rick Brunetti. Uh, yeah, Rick Brunetti. And uh, anyway, Mikey had ran into him. I think at Emco getting some parts or something like that. Got it. And Bruno was like, "We need to get you in some Macs." And Mikey said, "Well, you need to get Givliano to bring some Macs over to show them to Dave." <laughs> <laughs> got it. So yeah, we'll there we'll see. Is. I mean, they you know they got to get us numbers. They got to get us weights. They got to. So here's my next. Get us question. our options. You know. So let's say, <clears throat> have you heard anything about the Macs having problems? Like we're having problems with the pack cars. I, I haven't. Yes. To answer that, yes. I mean, have heard. Yeah. I mean, just talking to the salesman yesterday, you know, he said we have some deaf quality sensor issues and, you know, things like that. They've had some supply chain issues just like we have. Got it. I, I do believe their transmission is way more uh, designed, robust, tested, gotcha. because they've had that transmission since, God, the salesman told me, you guys, I would tell you they've had that transmission for 15 years. So third question then. If let's say there was a package that was a thousand pounds heavier than what we're doing, but they had no deaf problems, would you switch? Well, I, this is kind of semantics, Jim. We're not really having deaf problems right now. Okay, so but but just downtime. Downtime, yeah. I mean, our our Freightliners are pretty close to that. The Freightliners are about seven hundred and fifty pounds heavier. And as far as all the little issues that we've been running into with the pack car product, mm. we typically don't have that with our Freightliners. But here's the deal. The bulk of our drivers want to drive a Peterbilt or a Kenworth. Right. I'm not saying all of them, but the bulk of them, they, they want that right. that trucker's truck. Sure. Right? Much, you know, no. I mean, Chili Dog last week, he wants his hood. He wants he his 22-inch bumper. He wants a wants his visor. wants his stacks. Yeah. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. that was kind of the reason we thought the the – the Western Star would be a good, you know, possible tran- transition right. between the two. Sure. You know, and we're kind of trying to do the same thing with the 567. Uh, you know, I guess I'll throw it out there next month. Jim and I are going to fly down. Uh, thank you, Chili Dog. I'm going to jump in there right now and give a shout out to Chili Dog. You brought it to our attention, and I did some research on it. But Peterbilt is creating a 589. And Jim and I are going to fly down to the reveal in Denton, Texas, nice. at Texas Motor Speedway, uh, May 9th and 10th. Nice. Very cool. For the reveal and and see the truck and get to do a test drive. and At Texas Motor Speedway. At Texas Motor Speedway. You, you may not believe That would this. be Texas International Motor Speedway is my understanding. How, wow. how international comes from Texas, I don't know. I guess everything's big in Texas, right? To Mexico. <laughs> You'll be surprised at this, but... Uh, I actually flew down there to go see a NASCAR race. Yeah? Yeah. That yeah. does surprise I, me. I used to be into NASCAR. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, you know what they say, right. and I'm holding my finger over my tooth, NASCAR, NASCAR kicks ass! <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, when Chili Dog first mentioned that, and he had Jam pull it up on his computer downstairs, I was like, that's just Photoshopped, man. That's right? not real. Right? That's just a hoax. Yeah. You know, it's fake news on the internet, and sure enough, it's real. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I had never heard a thing about it until I listened to the podcast flying, ironically flying back from the back car mm. from the Kenworth factory last weekend. I heard it about week. it a while back. I was waiting for somebody. If somebody wasn't going to say something, I was going to come show you the pictures of it because yeah. I've seen it. Yeah, yeah, on pictures. Yeah. Would you buy Freightliners again? Oh yeah, there's there's nothing wrong with those trucks. Yeah, absolutely. How I come mean, we didn't get some this time? Because we did the Western Stars. Oh. 
So I mean, the I only they were too far out. With you, we well, they get didn't the Western did, Stars much sooner. Yes, they didn't yeah. have any Freightliners available. But I mean, we're we didn't want to have ten Freightliners and five Western Stars. Okay, so we'll have the five Freightliners and the five Western Stars. So, and that's I mean, kind of kind of keeps us in the loop on what's available on everything, what manufacturers have, how the trucks perform. You know, but it's also nice to have a consistency for the shop to repair. Once you get accustomed to something, I mean, it's nice having the two shops. It's nice to have in stock one oil filter, one fuel filter, one air filter. Or when I say one, one of the same. You don't pull a truck in and go, well, what filters do we need? Oh, we're going to have to call and have those delivered. And, oh, we didn't have that in stock. Or, you know, we didn't need one because we just did the last, you know, we're streamlined. It makes things more efficient that way but it can also be a nuisance if you have something that's bad you know or a problem and all of a sudden instead of stocking three you're having to stock 20 because it keeps breaking or whatever the case may be so pros and cons to that look but i think there's more pros to it to be streamlined rather than not nice i have a question does max stay open 24 hours a day to get parts and stuff i don't know if their parts are i know their service i believe is open till midnight so and weekends, so yeah, there's some some availability there. I thought that truck was pretty good looking. I like the bulldog. Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. I, I it's not that I wouldn't get one. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, cool. we we have to keep our eyes and ears open on everything. You know, yeah. one of the things we always have to look at though is our resale or our trade in value. Right. You know, and that's mm-hmm. something. Those Freightliners we paid almost, and when I say almost, virtually as much as we did for the Kenworths or the Peets. But we take a twenty thousand dollar hit when we get rid of them. Oh, wow, man. they don't retain their value, and that's that's a problem. That's hard to absorb. You know, we were just talking about it yesterday at lunch. That twenty thousand dollar loss, that's straight cash out of pocket. And when I say that, that truck may have earned as much in its lifetime as one of the other trucks, but at the end of its life, when you lose twenty thousand on it, <laughs> right. That's hard to swallow, right? right? You take 20, 10, 10 of those. That's a truck. Right? That's $200,000 right out of the gate that you just lost. So yeah. you have to compare that to your downtime and how much right. a truck is broken. And I thought we did that at lunch and it didn't add up. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, you know, that was one of the things, Dave. Yeah. So, so to compensate for that $20,000 loss when you sell that truck, how much more work does that truck need to do? Because you can't just go out and say, oh, this truck earned 20000 more because that's not profit. Right. Right? It needs to earn 60, like 200000 more uh, to equate to a $20,000 profit. profit uh. Right? So, yeah, I mean, and that's, I'm winging that number. I'm kind of making that up. I don't, so, I don't yeah. actually know that number because it's different on every, right. I mean, that's, it's a lot. It's a year. Yeah. It's a year's worth of work. Exactly, Jim, which I kind of threw it out there because I think it's 10%. And I would, uh, we don't make 10% on these trucks. There's no way. Wow. There's just absolutely no way. So, yeah. yeah. I've always been curious about the profit margins. Yeah. It's not that. It's so driver-based. Right. You know, each driver makes a different amount. Each driver has a different uh, cost value as far as damage goes. You know, if something's hit, a tire's ruined, you know, whatever the case may be. That's, those are the costs that we can never account for. That's why it's hard to swallow. Guys sitting around and not working. Right. You know, I mean, I understand it's going to cost more to run the truck to go do the work, but right. when we're trying to when we're trying to be successful and, and build something, and we got guys just sitting, it just yeah yeah. Anyway, yeah. So 
Why don't you hit us with a high road hauling before I get back on my soapbox? <laughs> well, I love this high road hauling. Um, sometimes I will just come across a topic or an article that is just perfect. And other times I'll sit there and Jones all week long, can't find something that trips my trigger to talk about, you know. But this one came up and I, I um, put it together in like an hour. <laughs> it was great. But um, this is something that everybody can think about and identify with and maybe use it to help them become a success in whatever they're doing. But uh, And I love these types of stories, too, because in this case, it's a Navy SEAL. Mm. And Navy SEALs are badass, let they me tell you. They are badass. So uh, a Navy SEAL shows life, lifelong success comes down to the one-second decision. Navy SEAL Dave Coggins and two co-workers were one of several three-person teams that were assigned to developing a plan to develop a major cost-saving initiative. They have four weeks to choose, create, and present a plan to executives who then decided which projects to go forward with and fund. Three weeks in, they had several solid ideas on the board, but none of them felt right. But they were running out of time. More to the point, they were running out of steam. They were tired of analyzing, tired of following ideas that led to dead ends. This led to that moment. When they came to the conclusion that they had to pick up or excuse me, pick an idea and hurry up and move on. The presentation was good, but it wasn't great. But it, it was too late to get that moment back. So this leads us to the 40% rule. The 40% rule is a concept popularized by Dave Coggins in Jesse Itzler's book, Living with a Seal. When your mind says you're exhausted, fried, totally tapped out, you really only... Um, have you really you've really only used 40 percent you still have 60 percent left in your tank so why do we stop in part the problem lies with motivation it's hard to keep going indefinitely when if you're doing something physical or your heart is pounding and your legs are screaming it's hard to keep going when a cognitive challenge makes you feel totally mentally and emotionally drained another reason is the lack of a clear finish line not knowing when we would come up with a better idea, if ever. That further drained us, especially emotionally. Add it all up, and it can be incredibly hard to keep pushing past where you perceive your limit to be, even if you have 60% left in your tank, which leads to that moment, the one-second decision. Coggins calls, calls that moment the moment when you decide to quit or to go on the one second decision because it really does happen that quickly let me use seal training hell week as an example hell week is 130 hours 130 hours is a lot of seconds let's say you win every second but one then you've lost it only takes one second for you to lose the whole thing coggins remembers there has been nothing that he has done that is even remotely as difficult as hell week the one-second decision is just that. You're in a situation where life is sucking. You're in hell week, and you're in hour two of 130 hours. You lie back in that surf torture, and that first wave hits you, and your mind goes straight from hour two all the way to hour 130. <laughs> <laughs> 
You, <laughs> I love this article. You can't process five days of this stuff. It's cold and you can't be cold this long. That's where when the one second decision comes in, you forgot every reason you wanted to be there. You don't care about SEALs. You don't care about fighting for your country. You don't care about that gaudy gold trident that they put on your chest. All you want to do is go back home. You want the warmth. You want something to eat. And all of those things that of comfort that are there in that one second. Mm. And that's where people lose. So that's what Coggins... So what does Coggins do to win in that one second? First, embrace the fact that those moments will occur. We all think about quitting when things get hard. We can't help it. Our bodies and minds instinctively self-protect. Your mind struggles to process information, much, much less make rational decisions when you feel mental, physical, or emotional pain. Pain takes over. It fights its fight or flight time. And running away, running home, to save yourself is almost instinctive. That's why Coggins says most people fail in that one second. To win that moment, Coggins physically stays in, for example, the water, because getting out means quitting. But he mentally puts himself on the beach with the instructors. The instructors are warm, they're wearing parkas, and they're drinking hot coffee. <laughs> mentally, I'm back with them chilling. And now I'm thinking logically, because now I'm warm. Mentally, I'm warm. I've taken that one second to say, let's not quit yet. Let's think about your options. When you're going to end up uh, quitting on this, where are you going to go? What are you going to say to yourself? Because you know you're going to get warm the second you get out of this water. I calm my brain down because my brain just wants to get out. If I fail at one of those seconds, I will not be a SEAL. I will not be a doctor. I will not be a lawyer. I will not be whatever the heck it is. How, that's how important that one second is. The one second decision is about gaining control of your mind, putting things back in proper perspective and saying, I really do want to be here. Bottom line, when you think you're exhausted, when you think you're fried, when you think you've done all you can, you always can find a little more in you. You're always capable of more than you think. The key is to take a step back in those moments when you want to quit and regain control of your mind. Find a little perspective. Remember the reasons you started whatever task or journey you are on. Think about how you will feel, not just the relief of the moment, but later if you give up because that's when you'll achieve the success that you want and you will have earned it as well. And uh, this quote here is awesome. A little bit off subject, but still it's about the Navy. It is the function of the Navy to carry the war to the enemy so that it is not fought on U.S. soil. And that was said by Chester W. Nimitz, who was the like greatest naval um, man during World War II. Yeah. Hence the term <clears throat> that the USS Nimitz was named after. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, I did a little research on uh, Admiral Nimitz, and holy cow, he achieved, he was born in like 1885 or something. Oh, wow. He fought in World War I. He was, um, you know, the highest admiral during World War II. And, oh, my God, the list of accomplishments wow. were like, pages long what a great man think of what that guy saw in his lifetime oh man you know just the change the technology we've seen through our lifetime has been minimal mm -hmm. compared to what those guys seen 
in that time frame. Oh, you yeah. Know? The like invention of the automobile. Horse the, and buggy or, you know. Yeah, yeah. streets and highways and mm-hmm. the, the, the machinery for the war, he the was, airplanes. He was behind making our, our nuclear submarine program. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. That is just so crazy. Yeah, that was a great one, Dave. It's, it, it is so easy to quit. One second. It's yeah. just you know easy what? to quit anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not not just your job. It's easy to quit anything. Yeah, what a struggle. That Dave Coggins, man. You want to see some inspirational videos <laughs> or speeches. Yeah. That guy is just, he is unfreaking believable Yeah, when I was telling Jam about it, he about the story here, he knew exactly who that guy was. Oh, oh me too. Yeah, he's famous. Yeah. yeah. Isn't, you probably know this, Jam, and I, I don't want to screw it up, so I'll ask. Doesn't Coggins, isn't he the only human being to hold... Like he's, he has the highest ranking. I'm still not saying that right. He's gone through the highest, the toughest courses in all Army, Navy, Air Force. So like in the Navy, he's a SEAL. In the Air Force, he's, he's an Army Ranger. Yes. He went to Army Ranger school. As he's well, the yeah. only one who has graduated from all um, classes, if I, not, if I have that right. I'm not too sure about that. Dave mentioned yesterday that he he's both a Navy SEAL and a Ranger. Mm-hmm. And his last name is actually Goggins. Um, but yeah, he's got some crazy videos. Like, he, he has one on balance. He's like, yeah, some people need balance, not winners. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> you know, like, he, uh. yeah, he's, he's he, yeah. Here, I'm just, I pulled some stuff up. Here's one that says, motivation's crap. Motivation comes and goes. When you're driven, whatever is in front of you will get destroyed. Yeah. You know, he's, yeah, yeah, and this was like a 300-pound guy that couldn't get in the military. Yeah, he lost he, a ton of weight. Yeah, like yeah. in months. He lost like 100 pounds in some ridiculous amount of time and joined. And I just saw a clip on him. It was actually on someone else talking about him. And, you know, he's done, I think he's ran like 60 ultra marathons, which That's is 70 miles. Now. Yeah, is that a, what he does he's now, an Dave? ultra-distance yeah. runner and also bicyclist. Uh, and they're well. back-to-back. And when I say that, it's day after day that he does these like yeah. 60 or 70-mile runs. And this one, it was in this crazy terrain. It was up this mountain, down this hillside. I, I mean, it was just unbelievable. And there was a group doing it, and and. He took off and had the lead, and he he injured his feet. He got like uh, it was different shoes, and he had blisters. And when they passed him, the group actually passed him. He had his shoes off, and I mean his feet were just being destroyed. And he was still chugging along, but he was struggling through it, right? And I guess they got to the finish line, and this group turned around. One of the guys went back to check on him, and I don't know. He was halfway, three quarters of the way through when they went back to check on him. And the guy said, hey, do you need some help or whatever? Somebody said something about you. And I guess Goggins was like, you don't know me. You don't know. He he doesn't know me. I'm going to finish this thing. What is he talking about? He doesn't know me. I know me. I can do this. And like started running. Uh, right? I mean, that was all he needed to hear is like, right. hey, they don't think you're going to finish this. And he's like, they, I mean, it just yeah. pumped him up. and And he crushed it. Well, so. From the sounds of it, he's running marathons like that, losing all that weight that yeah, short yeah. of time, and yeah. everything and he's done is just impressive. I mean, just to be something. a Navy SEAL is one thing, or to be an Army Ranger is yeah. another. He's both, or these, or more. Yeah, all these things that he does and has done, and he still says that Navy SEAL Hell Week was the, the hardest thing he's wow. ever done I believe it. by far. Wow. My yeah. buddy Todd Zielinski, I've talked to him about on a podcast before. He's a big Goggins follower. 
So I just looked it up. My buddy Todd has ran 1,187 days straight. And, like, he's all about this date. Like, you know. Yeah. He's like, yeah, it's hard, but I'm not going to quit. I'd have to start over. And right. I can't, he can't mentally wrap his head around about having to start from day one again. Wow. So he just keeps running. Wow. Good yeah. for him. <laughs> it's crazy. Good for him. Crazy, yeah. crazy. All right, guys, final thoughts? Yeah, I'm going to jump in there. I, I missed it in shout-outs. I know we kind of said it or mentioned it, but... If anybody wants to give Don Keller some well wishes, he had back surgery two and a half weeks ago, two weeks ago now. Uh, March 30th, yeah. So uh, he's he's doing well is my understanding. And uh, geez, I was shocked when he said he hoped to be back. I think it was six weeks or something like that. So right. any well, Don, I, I hope you're continuing to get better and improve daily. Uh, uh, miss you, buddy. Uh, uh, hope... Hope you the best, fastest, speediest recovery there is possible. And then, uh, yeah, I just want to say again, and I know I did it in shout-outs, but everybody that handled or participated in that rodeo, and I don't mean, part- well, I guess I do mean participated in it, all the participants, but the people that set up and created the truck rodeo this weekend, Jim and I are so proud of that group of people. Man, you guys, you orchestrated it. You you prepared for it. You created it. Mm. You built it. You you it was that was cradle to grave this weekend, man. And it showed you guys, everyone involved in that, and gals, everybody just rocked it. Yeah. I um Jim and I are so thankful, so blessed to have people like you on the JFW team as part of the JFW family. What a what a great group and how fun that was this weekend. I mean, it was just it was phenomenal. And, I know the work that goes into that tonight. I think that was the reason I was never able, or Jim and I were never able to to create it. I mean, we simply don't right. have that room on our calendar. It doesn't right. exist. So for everyone to put that together, thank you. So looking forward to next year. Yeah, I, it's just it's going to be like next stage or next level. I just I see right. it. You know what I mean? Yep. I was impressed as well, Dave, and just second all of what you said. Yeah. Yep. Definitely yeah. going to set the standards for next year, maybe yep. even higher. So right. People are really going to have to try harder yeah. next year. Yeah, and we talked about it. We're Jim and I are pretty sure we can double the number of people that were involved in that, and I think it would be a pretty easy way. Of course, we would need more volunteers to help with the course, but even if you had 100 people volunteer for that, we could split it into a morning operation and an afternoon operation and get – the 50 people that were participating through it in the morning and then they would have to stay and help uh participate or help volunteer to be a part for the second 50 in the afternoon but that second 50 in the afternoon are the 50 that worked in the morning right right? so 100 people are gonna have to work all day just 50 of you are driving in the morning for work to cover cover our plant halls and stuff so it'd, it'd be a long Saturday, but that would free up a Sunday for everybody to still have their family day. I'm awesome. just saying it's doable. It's sure. possible, yeah. you know? Yep. Scoop, do you have any final thoughts? Anything you want to leave us with? Yeah, I got shout-out. I want to give a shout-out to Joanne and Amber and Ann for all the food and everything they got together. And she got the T-shirts put together for the truck rodeo, which mm. was very cool. Uh, Could have done it without them. I mean, they they really... Did a great job getting all the food there and everything sure. ready to go. So, yeah. Soup, final thoughts? Yeah, I'd like to tag in on what Scoob was saying. Uh, shout out to George Potkeeter for uh, putting that coloring book together. That That yeah. is pretty awesome. Okay, awesome. Well, don't forget to uh, subscribe to the Channel 23 podcast. Smash that follow button. 
Also, don't forget to go back and listen to episode 72 and help find Amber's mom. The links to her story will be in the description of today's podcast as well. Let's say the creed and get back to work. Let's do it. All right. Let's do it. Together, Together we, we face, face and overcome all, all that stands before us. Together, Together we are accident-free. Together, we joyfully create honest value for those we serve. Together, we celebrate our differences and respect those with whom we work. Together, we are accountable for our words and our actions. And together, we are the JFW family. All right. Good job, everybody. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you, guys. see those big bright shiny red trucks just a trucking down the road those big bright shiny red trucks just a looking for another load well it's a family tradition any rocky mountain day our fathers before us showed us the way we work for asphalt cowboys and concrete kings but that's never been a problem because we got diesel in our veins we've got diesel in our veins i see those big bright shiny red trucks just a trucking down the road those big bright shiny red trucks just looking for another load There's a couple million tons to move I see them everywhere So you best get out their way And watch that sand and gravel disappear There's another run to make We gotta get it there on time And we got what it takes To lay it all out on the line Big bright shiny red trucks just a trucking down the road. Those big bright shiny red trucks just looking for another load. Those big bright shiny red trucks got the best drivers in town. They got all the tools they need to keep that hammer down. When they hit them scales, they won't need to dodge them, won't need to duck them. They just keep that hammer down And they keep that diesel trucking Keep that hammer down And keep that diesel trucking I see those big bright shiny red trucks Just a trucking down the road Those big bright shiny red trucks Just a looking for another Keep them doors closed, keep them butts in their seats Cause those customers are calling, and those red trucks can't be beat They've gotta put the hammer down, and pick up another load Get it off the ground, keep them eyes open and on the road Keep them eyes open on the road Big bright shiny red trucks just a trucking down the road. Those big bright shiny red trucks just looking for another load. Breaker, breaker, two, three. Anybody got a copy on that channel 23 podcast? Welcome.
and thanks for listening.